What's going on, everybody? Y'all know who we are. Y'all know what this is. This is the Off the Sticks podcast. This is the sports episode, of course, because it's early in the week. And my name just so happens to be Killer. Now, I got a couple of my boys with me. Go ahead, introduce yourselves, whatnot, do your whole thing, thing. Yeah, they call me Corey. You know who I am, M-I-K-E. Let's get it. All right, greetings and salutations, those Negroes. Now, can we talk about... uh? How the Indianapolis Colts look really, really good against that Philadelphia Eagles team? Real quick, like I really just want to talk about how good they looked defensively. The offense did exactly what the hell I thought it was going to do. It was going to struggle. It was going to be a struggle. It will always be a struggle until they draft a damn quarterback. So just looking at it, landscape, just landscaping it. The Philadelphia Eagles, to me, made a season-saving acquisition as far as their chances to still win in the postseason by going out and getting Ndamukong Sue because he adds depth to that line. I still don't know how long Jordan Davis is going to be out, whether that is the remainder of the year or what the case may be. Because I haven't heard anything out of Philly. I'm pretty sure I mean, you guys probably follow the Eagles way closer than I do. Um, so if one of y'all know, please just let me know. Just say, hey, he's going to be out till X day. That's what's projected. But this acquisition of Indomitian Sioux was big. It Honestly, I believe kind of saved them in, a many, in many cases because – Sue, what he lacks for in the size of a D tackle, as far as what they're losing out of Jordan Davis, they get so much aggression and experience, which on the D line, I believe matters almost as much as it does the offensive line. Because I'm going against a a more experienced guy, more seasoned guy. It's not his athleticism that scares me as much, as much as it is his moveset, the different things he can do on the field. And I think that Dominican Sue, given his moveset, his package, what he can actually put together, goes really well with everything they can do. And honestly, he played really, really well um, along with um, with uh, Cox. So those two together, I think, is extremely dangerous. And I also know that Sue, the only reason he really signed was because he believes that Philly can actually get him to Super Bowl number two because he said he has twins and he wants both of them to wear a ring. So, which is a pretty weird reason i guess outside of wanting to just play it for yourself but yeah um sue to philly philly looked okay defensively but they did what i thought they were going to do against indianapolis i didn't think indy could beat them but when i was sitting there watching that game and indy was leading for like 85 percent of it i didn't feel too good about philly after this game not as good as everyone else did but what do you guys think about the whole Indomitian suit thing and how the Eagles look? I think it's a combination. I think both Sue and Linval Joseph played really well. Um, I think, like you said, great depth to that defensive line, um, especially like on short notice, too. That was the most impressive part about it. Like those two, I think they got there with Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it was, and they played Sunday and they played well. Um I agree 
that it was a, a big acquisition for Philly in terms of you know, saving their their run defense. Um, I I am more I'm more shocked about the Colts. Um, that was a game that I thought maybe not Philly would win easily, but I definitely didn't see the Indianapolis sticking with them and, and actually leading them for a big chunk of that game. I mean, that Colts team, they're, they're playing hard for Jeff Saturday. And I think one of the smartest things, uh, things Jeff Saturday has done, he's basically, basically delegated responsibility. Like he is not like, he knows he's, um, uh, I don't want to say in over his head, but but he 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 knows the situation and how he got this job, and then the look and all the stuff. And he's like, look, defense, y'all do your thing. Offense, y'all do your thing. I'm just trying to oversee and and just be like a walk around coach. And this team, offensively, they don't look great, but they look better at this point than they did with uh, Frank Reich, which is which is sounds crazy to say, but um, I. See, it's it's hard. So I could see both ends of the spectrum of this in the sense of Philly was really tested and they didn't play like Jalen Hurts didn't have a great day passing, but they still pulled out a win, which I guess is impressive. But at the same time, if you're this quote unquote juggernaut, the the team that me, a lot of people say are gonna represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, um it wasn't a great performance at all. Um, so I'm kind of, I, I think basically my whole takeaway is I am more impressed with the Colts. I guess that's my takeaway. Even though they lost, I'm, I'm more impressed with Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts. So yeah, the, the, the Sioux signing is, is, is it has, it has paid off, uh, for one game so far. So we'll see what happens as the season goes along. Mr. Anthony. He was so wild by my soliloquy. He's, he's speechless. I left him speechless. Yeah, I can tell he is he is flabbergasted back there. <laughs> Probably having some microphone issues, but you know what? That's all well and good. But let's kind of touch on a couple of the points that you talked about right there. Cool. Y'all, was, y'all can hear you. Okay, we can yeah. hear you now. We can hear you now. Right, um, man. So, nah, I said, uh, you know, I um, I know Jeff Saturday. So how well can y'all hear me, first of all? Oh, very well now. Yeah, yeah we got you're, you. Right. You're good. Ooh, all right, so I know Jeff Saturday took a lot of heat and a lot of criticism for, uh, you know, being hired, um, which is not his fault. If somebody's going to offer you a job, which, hey, hey, take that. Take but, um, but I know he took a lot of criticism because uh, he doesn't have any coaching experience, and I know the Colts took a lot of criticism. But, Corey, you hit the nail on the head that the Indianapolis Colts are playing extremely hard for Jeff Saturday. Uh, I don't know, maybe – they needed a new voice. Um, but I don't want to talk about the Colts. I don't want to talk about the Colts. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Um, it's hot take season over here. Um, I have been saying this. I don't know how much of a hot take it is because I've been saying this all year. Uh, I picked the Eagles to win the division. Um, Corey, you picked the Eagles to win the division. Um, but... What if what did I say, what if I said all season the Eagles are going to win the division but they're not the best team in the division. The Eagles are the best have the best record in I think the league right now. They are not the best team in the league. They're not even the best team in the division. The best team in the division 
happens to play in Texas. Um, I want to point something out about um, the Philadelphia Eagles. This team who has the best who has the best record now. They only beat the Colts by one point. They lost to Washington in Philadelphia. They barely beat an Arizona team without D-Hop. They barely beat Detroit. And they barely beat Jacksonville. Now, let's take the records or take the record away. Take the take the nine and one or whatever the fuck they are. Take that away. Killer, if I told you that there was a team who was only going to beat the low, the lowly Colts by one point, who was going to lose to Washington and Philly, who was only going to beat Arizona by three points, where where they don't have D Hop, where they was barely going to beat Detroit and barely beat Jacksonville. If I told you that team, if I if I if I told you if I if I described that team. You would probably think that this that this team is probably a six and four kind of team at this point in the season, right? Am I, am I wrong? Yeah, they. I, I believe they would have a record similar to my Pittsburgh Steelers in a, in a in a regular usual year, right? Hmm. Now they got a very impressive record to their credit. They have found ways to win. Um. But again, they are not the best team in the division. The Dallas Cowboys are, and for the people who are saying, "Yeah, but the Eagles beat the Cowboys," I want to point out to you that the Eagles, that. the Eagles beat the Cowboys with a backup quarterback um, who was on a four-game, who was on a four-game winning streak. Um, when you talk about the Dallas Cowboys, or as a matter of fact, hey Corey, take your take yourself off mute real quick. Both of y'all, both of y'all. I'm a, if, if I was to give y'all. If I was to give y'all like blind information, if I was to give y'all these these two kind of lines without even identifying who the teams are, so y'all tell me which team y'all y'all think is better. So you have a team who beat the Colts by a point, who lost to Washington in their home stadium, who beat Arizona without D Hop, but only beat them by three points. They uh, uh, this team also barely they beat Detroit barely by the skin of their teeth, um, and they beat Jacksonville. They beat Jacksonville by one touchdown. Jacksonville's three and eight, just so you know. They beat Jacksonville by uh, by, by one touchdown. That is one team. The other team has beaten both of the Super Bowl teams from last season. They destroyed Detroit. They demolished the best team in football at the time that they were ranked the best team in football, talking about the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. they, they, they demolished them and they won four straight games with the backup quarterback. Now you tell me which team you think is better just from those lines. It's going to be team B and that's the team I picked to win the damn division in the first place because they were and still are the best football team in that entire division. And it's going to be proven even deeper after you guys look at common opponents, which we just did. And on top of that, you guys as part of the schedule gets easier toward the back end of the season. These guys gets increasingly more difficult. 
Corey, who, which team would you say is better? Just, just by what I read. Well, I would say the team that just demolished the top-ranked team, at least power rankings-wise in the NFC this past week, by, what, 37 points? And the team that ranked 12th on Corey's all-time NFL franchise list, just for Florida out there, you don't know. I'll take that team. I'll take that team is better. All right. So now that we so now that all so now all three of us agree that team B is better. Team B is mm-hmm. the Cowboys, team A is the Eagles. The Eagles do have the better the better record. They have found ways to win to their credit. They also have not had any major injuries. They did not have any major injuries to their wide receivers. They did not have any major injuries to their quarterback. They did not have they do not have any like super major injuries to their offensive line. The Cowboys lost Tyron Smith. Signed old Jason Peters. He hasn't played a lick for real. That gets hurt. So with a so pretty much with a with a rookie and sophomore offensive line, with a backup quarterback, with a banged up starting running back in Zeke Elliott, with a secondary with a secondary that everybody said was overrated, and with a with a number one corner who everybody talked about gives up the most yards. That team is on the heels of the Eagles. Yeah, give me, give me, give me team B. Give me team B all day. So, so I, I'm not. The Colts get credit for the win. I, I don't want to take any credit away from them. And Philadelphia gets, or the Colts get credit not for the win, but the Colts get credit for coming as close as they did. Philadelphia does get credit for the win. I don't want to take anything away from them. But let's be clear when you talk when we're talking about this whole NFC East picture or whatever, the Eagles are not the best team in this division. They're not. They're not. And 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 honestly, Corey, I don't know how you feel about the Eagles, but the Eagles to me are having a season that the Cowboys that us having the season that the Cowboys had in two thousand and I think it was thirteen. No, no, two thousand and I think it was thirteen with DeMarco Murray. You, that's you know where we went twelve and four. Yeah, that's that's the one where Demarco Murray almost got you two thousand yards. So that was the two thousand fourteen season. Two thousand fourteen. There you go. That's what that's what it was fourteen. Yeah. The, the Philadelphia Eagles this season are having a Dallas Cowboys twenty fourteen season. A yeah. lot of a lot of running the football. They'll we'll pass it when we need to. Um. And when we get to the playoffs, going forward. So and Dominican Sue might as well kiss. What he, you say? He got twins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one he got boys or girls? Uh, boys. Hey, one of them boys about to be a pissed off nigga, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will say that 2014 Cowboys team, we did win one playoff game that that, that yeah, and we should have won two. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm telling you, I don't think Philly's gonna win one playoff game. I thought I really that don't. Cowboy, I thought that Cowboy team was going to the Super Bowl because had y'all but, beaten. The, Had y'all beaten Green Bay? Oh, that was a Super Bowl team, bro. The the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen for Philadelphia is they get the number one seed, and now Jalen Hurts and everybody that's in rhythm that got them the number one seed got to take a break. I do not think I do not think Philadelphia is built to. Uh, to uh, last in the playoffs, I really don't. Again, I, I, I said it. I said it last week. I said it last week. They have a gimmicky offense, so 
Give me and Golden they would have to play San Francisco. They would have to play San Francisco, which I tell you right now, that is the most dangerous team in the NFL right now. Yeah, that might be the I team in the NFL you don't want to see. Yeah, anything with the 49ers right about now. And to be honest with you, I know I made a case that mathematically that Washington's right there. If I'm Philly and I get the one, I'm praying to God that I get Washington and not San Francisco. Because I, owe, I owe you an apology, Killer. You know why? What's up? <clears throat> Last week you said Washington has a uh, – it's possible for Washington. Mm-hmm. And I and I kind of I kind of dug in your ass for that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Washington is kind of uh, on the Giants' heels. Yeah, I was I was thinking Cause, cause that because see, see, Sterling Shepard gone. <laughs> they got um they got Galladay who can't seem to catch the ball and hold on to it. Mm-mm. The only offensive threat they got is Saquon, and their offensive line ain't good. And the Cowboys, it looks like they have started to commit to stopping the run, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. Um, oh, yeah. So, and then Dan- Danny Dimes is still their quarterback. So He's been they, playing well, though. He actually played well that, on Sunday. That, was, that loss was they, not his fault. They got to play, play Dallas on Thanksgiving, on Thursday. Y'all going to beat the shit out of them. No, 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 no. I'm not saying we're going to beat the shit out of them because it's still I a am. division game. I, I am. I am. I'm game. saying it. I'm saying it. Um, but if the Giants lose, hey, Washington Washington to be on that ass. Yep. And Washington is playing really, really, really good football. Yeah, so now, I, I owe you I owe you an apology for 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 uh for chastising you about what you said last week. I beat you, I beat you the fuck down last week. I owe you an apology for that. You know what? It it may have sounded worse than what I than what it was actually received as. Because a part of that was also you kind of not liking those guys too. So I know a little bit of that comes out as well in it. Um I said it before that I don't think that that New York could probably maintain it. I, I haven't. I don't know. I haven't said that on the pod, but I've said it in conversation with other people. Out of all the teams in the NFC East right now, who can maintain their style of play the longest? And I'll be honest. I thought Washington could maintain their style of play the longest. I thought Dallas could. I was iffy on Philly, and I know good and darn well that New York wouldn't have been able to keep that style of play going for as long as they could. Because if you think Philly's offense is gimmicky, have you watched the New York Giants game? It's called the New York Saquons. Basically. Now, I coached a team this year that was run heavy because we had some backs, some really, really, really good backs. Now, here's where the issue comes in is that when you have a team that's run heavy, it ignores your quarterback's development, it ignores your wide receiver's development, and now you have to find ways to get them the ball because typically you're not as talented in those positions and and you know it because you're not leaning that way. Their offense, you take a look at what the wide receivers do and the routes they run with Daniel on Jones, and these are routes that honestly... I would run coaching 12, 13, and 14-year-olds. 
that's not going to get it done in the NFL. You can't maintain that in the NFL, especially not today's NFL, where every corner is a press man corner who just so happens to be able to know how to play zone. You can't do that and maintain a level of excellence or even winning at that matter, because we're seeing the exact same thing right now in the opposite locker room with the Jets. So we're looking at teams that achieved above their register and now psychologically are going to have to suffer for it. What do you think a collapse this year would do to Daniel Jones? What do you think that would do to the New York Giants and the promise that this season was set, was showing them? It's going to have them implode. They will be the worst team in the NFC East by the year's end. I won't if they keep far. this rolling. If they keep this if they keep going like this, yes, they will. I don't, I don't know about that, Corey. You you feel that same way? Uh so the thing about it is like I it's it's crazy, but right now I trust Washington more than I trust New York. And like what Killer was saying, like Washington, it's not that they do anything great. They are just a steady like Washington knows who they are. And they are just on like a steady, like a steady pace that I feel like is much more sustainable. I'm, I'm talking about sp- uh, specifically offensively. That's much more sustainable than I think what the Giants are going to do. Because what, what the Giants, you say, just stop Saquon Barkley. And then what else you got? Make Dan- make Daniel Jones throw. And I would trust, I, I, I trust Daniel Jones far less than I trust Taylor Heineke. Daniel Jones is a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Taylor Heineke is better than Daniel Jones. Um, and I, I'm look, I, I I'm in, I'm kind of in the same boat with y'all. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat with y'all, where uh, I trust Washington more than I trust the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington, and, and and this is me being objective. This has nothing to do with Cowboy Washington rivalry and nothing, no shit like that. For the record, everybody knows I hate Philadelphia more than I hate any other NFC East team. Um, but so this isn't like any hate. Um, but my thing with my thing with Washington is they put themselves so deep into a hole early. I am afraid that if they can do it before, they can do it again. Um, that and. Uh, now, how, based on how they've been playing recently compared to the Giants, I trust. Um, I do trust Washington more than more than New York. Um, I trust Washington more than New York, specifically because of Taylor Heineke. I, I don't believe that he is like the, uh, the franchise guy, but I think he is a guy that you can at least uh, have next year um, as a as a. We call them we call them bridge players. You know that they, they're they're the bridge for a couple of years. I think Taylor Heineke is one of those guys. I think and I think he he has more grit and he has more uh, like moxie than Daniel Jones. Um, and and I think that's why Washington has been successful. They they just they just see they're just they're that team with 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 Heineke in there. They're a team that is never going to. Uh, they're a team that's never going to quit 
like they're always going to keep going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, with Daniel Jones, I don't get the same type of grit from from uh, w- w- from him or the Giants at all. Like Tyler Heineke, he's one of those guys who can like embody the spirit. Why do you Why do you keep calling him Tyler? Taylor, Tyler, man, look, he ain't important enough to talk about in that aspect. I'm about to get this man a compliment. Don't make me take that shit back. Um, <laughs> you knew what the hell I meant, but um, Tyler, Tyler Heineke. I'm gonna just call him Heineke, man. I'm about to call his ass Heineken. That's about to happen. But um, he is the kind of guy who can embody more of the spirit of your team than a Daniel Jones can. Yeah, like, um, like yeah. it's it's kind it's kind of weird. Like, all right, I'm looking at the NFC East. I just had this random thought. It's on subject, but kind of not. I think the New York Giants are the only soulless team in that division. Like every other team has like an identifying marker. Like you see the Eagles. I think I see the Eagles. I think defense. I see the Cowboys. I think I, I see speed. I see pizzazz. I see the Washington football team. I see a little bit of grit, a lot of hunger, kind of that, you know, bring your lunch pail thing. I look at the Giants and I, I don't see anything. It, it, well, am I am I no. am I the asshole for that? No, you're not tripping. I, I, I'll, you're not tripping. I'll tell you why you don't see anything because they've played. They've played the Titans, the Panthers. Um, they played the Titans and the Panthers, and then they played us, and then they played Chicago and Green Bay. Out of those five games I just listed, the only one with the winning record, or the only two with the winning record, are the Titans and the Cowboys. After Green Bay, they played the Ravens. That's the team with a win- with a winning record now. The Ravens weren't playing great back then, like they are now. Um, the Ravens are more improved now. Um, then after the Ravens, they played the Jaguars. Then they lost to the Seahawks. Um, mm-hmm. then, then after the Seahawks, they played the Texans. So, so the Giants again. I, I think I said. I think I've been saying this for the last two weeks. The Giants ain't played nobody. The Giants ain't played. The Giants ain't played. They have not beat any signature team this season. They have not beat one signature team. All of their wins, all of their wins are like wins that they should have had. But I mean, coming up, they got they got us. They got to come to Dallas this Thursday. Then Washington goes to them. Then Philly goes to them, and then they go to Washington, and then they go to Minnesota. Killer, I'm fought, never mind. I'm jumping on your bandwagon. The Giants might be the worst team at the end of the year. They might be the worst team at the end of the year. They got the Cowboys, the Commanders, mm-hmm. they got the Eagles, then the Commanders again, then the Vikings. Yeah, the Giants, the Giants, the Giants. The Giants are seven and three right now. Let, let me, yeah. let me, let me just. I, they may I, be eight and nine by season's end. Giants, Giants, my Giants might fuck around and finish. Nine and eight at best. They might fuck around and finish nine and eight after being seven and three. Mm-hmm. And then and and then after the Vikings, after the Vikings, beginning in the new year, beginning in the new year, after the Vikings, they got the Colts, who we just talked about was playing better with uh with Jeff Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then the last game of the season, the Giants got the Eagles. So and, and the Eagles might still be playing trying to get that number one seed. Man, I, look, all I know is... You think Minnesota not going to come for their head now? At the way they just got embarrassed? I'm telling you, it is not looking good right now for the New York football giants. It's all not. I, all I know is 
if you a Cowboys fan, this is what you need to be praying for. You need to be praying that the Giants and the Commanders split. You need to be praying that the Giants and the Eagles split. If all if those games, if those four games, they the Giants end up two and two, the Giants have literally set the Cowboys up for success to take the lead in the division. Mm-hmm. That's the if you are a Cowboys fan, you need to be praying that the Giants and the Commanders game, th- that series goes one and one, and you need to be praying that the Giants and the Eagles go one and one. And you need to pray that Minnesota beats New York, and you need to pray that Indianapolis somehow pulls an upset on, on, on New Year's Day. That's the guy to t- for, for the Cowboys to take the East. Um, and the reason why I brought up the Cowboys is because we've talked about every other NFC East team except the Cowboys. Now, I mentioned the Cowboys when I said I did, when, I, when I was talking about how they were better than the Eagles, but we did not we, we have not talked about the Cowboys as in depth. And you know, Killer, I've been waiting on this. Mm-hmm. Killer, I owe you another apology. God damn, you, Mike. <laughs> no, it's said, the title of this podcast is gonna be I'm sorry. Because look, Corey, Corey, not Corey, you laughing, you owe killing an apology too. <laughs> and Corey was Corey was just like me. There was they the, the front office, the offseason gave us no reason to be confident. The way we exited the playoffs last year left a bad taste in our mouth. We uh we got rid of Amari Cooper for for a damn Doritos bag and a in a pack of MMs. Um we like like we we got we got Tyron Smith got hurt. Um, we drafted the offensive lineman who led the nation in holding calls. They the front office gave us nothing to cheer for, or so we thought. But you, Killer, was the one who believed that the Cowboys were a good team. Mm-hmm. Now. I don't. You ain't gonna. I don't think you still don't think you're gonna be right about them winning the division. I do not think the Cowboys are gonna win the division. But you were right that they were that they were a good team. Corey, we were wrong, dog. We was wrong. So I gotta give Killer credit. You called it your Steelers, who I actually said was gonna be. Uh, Kind of under the microscope, they are kind of letting me down, making me look foolish. But hey, today is your day, killer. A dead clock is right twice a day. So, <laughs> yeah, I was right more than twice. Yeah. So today, so today is <laughs> so today is your day. Now, having said that, here it goes. No, no, no. This has nothing against you. All right. Have, having said that, I think it's about time. I think I'm gonna say it again. I think it's about time that we start to put respect on Trayvon Diggs. I think it's about time. Trayvon, I think it's about time we call Trayvon Diggs a top five cornerback in the entire NFL. If he Here. wasn't before, where did you have him? Remember when, remember when we did the Madden rate, uh, ratings back in August? Yes, I do. I did not have Trayvon Diggs top ten. Yes, who did? Oh yeah, you did. You did. You did. I think. Yeah. I, and if I did, and I can't remember the exact ratings, but if I did have Trayvon Diggs top ten, it was number ten. Like it was barely making the the top ten list. Um, 
But look, look, man, we really got to start putting um, some respect on Trayvon Diggs' name. This man is a top is a top five corner in the league. He's strapped. He's strapped. Jamar Chase when we played Cincinnati. He strapped mm-hmm. Jamar Chase five to five receptions and fifty-four yards total. Strapped him. Last night he strapped Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Strapped him. I'm talking that about not an easy matchup. We're talking about we're talking about Justin Jefferson had Three receptions for 33 yards. Strapped him. Strapped him. In two games in the last two years, the Cow- in the last two years, ever- when the Cowboys have played the Vikings, Justin Jefferson's total, but in the two games, total against Trayvon Diggs is five receptions for 55 yards, zero touchdowns. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league. I'm going to repeat what I said again. Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league. Boy. He was strapped yet again for the second year in a row by Trayvon Diggs. Five receptions. Understand what I'm saying. Five Mm -hmm. Five receptions for 55 yards. Justin Jefferson did not have that on Sunday. Justin Jefferson had three receptions for 33 yards. I'm talking about this game that just happened, plus the 2021 game. Those two games, Justin Jefferson's stat lines, five receptions for 55 yards, zero touchdowns. And he traveled with Justin Jefferson all game long. So we got to start putting some respect on Trayvon Diggs' name. Um, that's number one. Um, Trayvon Diggs has went up against Justin Jefferson and strapped him. He has went up against um, – He's he went up against uh, – um, um, Cooper Cup and them boys. He went up mm-hmm. against. He went up against uh, Terry McLaurin. Now I I gotta see that box score. I gotta see that box score. I think Terry got off. Uh, I don't. I think so. I think so too. Hey, Terry is nasty. Um, no, Terry McLaurin did not get off. Uh, uh, what you call it? Um, um, Diggs Diggs locked up Terry McLaurin to two catches and fifteen yards. Um. So, so Diggs has locked down just this season. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Scary Terry. Those are three of the top ten receivers in the league. All already off rip. He locked down Sterling Shepard. I mean, the only game that somebody might have got off on him might have been the Bucks, but that was the first game of the year, and I told y'all the first, the week. Nah, was, it wasn't even that that beat y'all. Remember, it was the ground game where they beat y'all. Yeah, Brady it was played, it was Leonard it was Leonard Fournette. Like shit. Yeah, yeah Brady it was played like shit. Yeah, it was the round game of Julio Jones. Julio Jones only had sixty nine yards, but his sixty nine yards came in clutch when they needed. Yeah, that it. was on that. Um, I think the Boca that was on the final two drives. Yeah. Um, but y'all get what I'm saying, like. Mm-hmm. Also, another quick stat. He was only targeted by Aaron Rodgers one time 
No catches, no yards. See what I mean? Oh, wait. It's, that's it's crazy. Bad, that is a, that, that's a stat. It's, that's it's, crazy. About, it's about time we start putting respect on Trayvon Diggs' name. That man is a top five cornerback. In uh, No, I'm a, no, 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 no. Even I'm not putting respect on his name. Trayvon Diggs is a top five defensive back. Not just corner. Put the court and lump the corners and the safeties together. Trayvon Diggs is a top five defensive back in all of football. Period. I also want to give, I, I owe this man, I owe a lot of apologies. I owe this man an apology because I had zero faith. Brett Maher. I know Justin, I know Justin uh, Tucker exist in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Justin Tucker don't have. Justin Tucker is not, what is it, five of five, 60 plus yard field goals. Justin Justin Tucker is not five of five from 60 plus yards field goal range. I'm I'm here to tell y'all right now. Y'all can think it's blasphemous all y'all want. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get text messages talk about I'm tripping and all of this. The Cowboys kicker Brett Maher right now, not all time, not overall, but right now, is the best kicker in all of football. In all of football. Until somebody can name me a kicker who can do what he has done and and can prove it, Brett Maher is the best kicker. In all of football, I also no 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 real quick real quick I'm almost done. The last thing I'm gonna say, all the Cowboy fans talk 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 about Tony Pollard versus Zeke Elliott. The the way that the Cowboys used the running back duo against the Vikings this past Sunday was perfect. It was perfect. We saw everything that Tony Pollard could do with he because he's kind of a scat back. So we saw him receiving out the backfield. We saw him breaking long runs, using that burst that Zeke doesn't have. You know what I'm saying? We saw all of that. But we saw that the one thing that he's kind of deficient in is getting in the end zone in goal line situations. You know who ain't deficient in goal line situations? Zeke, Zeke Elliott. You know who can block. You know who can block when they need when Dak Prescott need to be protected in the backfield. Zeke. Zeke. You know what I'm saying? Like like they use them perfectly, perfectly. And this is Zeke on a bum knee. They use them perfectly. So I gotta give uh, I gotta give um, Kellen Moore and McCarthy and all of them a lot of credit too. And I'll be honest with you at this point. If Mike McCarthy is not the NFL Coach of the Year, I don't believe in that award anymore. Sirianni gonna be coach of the year. But Corey, you was about to uh you was about to say something. Yeah, I was gonna say real quick about the Brett Maher thing. Like, I think I would still take Justin Tucker just Oh, I would too. Just consistency. Too. But and also because like Brett Maher, like he still he still scares me a little bit. I have oh, PTSD. Yeah. Yes, so from, like, from, I, from two seasons ago. Yeah, so like I'm I, I hesitate to jump all in on Brett Maher, but Brett Maher, he's been awesome this year. Like no no doubt. Like he's gotta be like a 
easy like a Pro Bowl kicker this season, right? It's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Got to be. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm gonna give Miss Props. Just I'm just hesitant to just completely wrap my arms around him because like I I I I'm I'm very nervous. But he's having a great year, no doubt about that. And I agree with your take on um Zeke and Tony Pollard. Like yeah. they both they both did things on Sunday where you said, okay, Zeke can't do that, and Tony Pollard can't do that. Like they both mm-hmm. they you saw both of their strengths and why that running game is so dangerous, why that offense is so dangerous. Cause like they both can do things that the other one can't do. And you need them both. Like we yep. need both of them. If we're going to go far with that, that's that, that's, that's what Sunday taught me. Yeah. We need both those guys. So yeah. And, and for the Cowboy fans that I've seen in the Cowboys discord asking if we should flip Tony Pollard for a first round pick, let me tell you, Hell no. And for the people talking about Tony Pollard is going to be a free agent at the uh, at the end of the year, let me tell you, Tony Pollard ain't going nowhere. Jerry is not letting Tony Pollard sign with another team after what he doing right now. That sh- that is not happening. I, like I've been I've I, I've been a Zeke Elliott guy when you talk about Tony Pollard versus Zeke Elliott. I've been on the Zeke Elliott train, but I will not lie to you. I am slowly moving to the realization that Tony Pollard is going to replace Zeke. I am slowly moving to, to, towards that, to the, towards that reality. It seems like Tony Pollard is going to replace Zeke. Corey, I don't know if you see it, but it feels like Tony Pollard is going to replace Zeke. It feels almost like a, like an Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram kind of thing. Yeah. I can see it happening. Um, I know a lot of fans are calling for it, but the thing about it is, now when you say replace Zeke, do you mean replace him as starting, or like Zeke is going to be like off the team next year? I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it pains me to say this. I think because of Zeke's cap hit number, mm-hmm. I think I think Zeke is going to ask either to take a pay cut, or I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be cut. Okay, if you cut him. We need that, to make sure we get a a big bruising back. Malik Davis. Oh, oh yeah, that's oh yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. Like Malik, Malik Davis. Because I love Tony Pollard. I love what he can do. But I still love him, not even as a number two, but just like as a a, a complimentary. And I don't. I'm not trying to say that disrespectfully. I'm, I'm trying to say like you need somebody else. You need with. With you him. need thunder to his lightning. Exactly. Right. Yes. You need yes. you need somebody else. In order for him to be his best self, you need somebody else to pair up with him. Like yeah. so, like if you get agree, you would need somebody else. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I um I do not want to see Zeke cut um for a multitude of reasons. Um, and I will admit one of those reasons is even the fact that um Zeke is Dak Prescott's best friend. And if Zeke is cut, who the hell knows how that's going to affect Dak Prescott? Who the hell knows? We saw, Corey, I don't know if you remember, but we saw it with Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith was playing lights out when his brother Rod Smith was signed onto the team too. As soon as Rod Smith got cut, Jalen Smith, all this, it's, all, it's, it's like he just, he just became a bum. So, yeah. So, yeah. So so I, I, that's that's one reason. The other reason is I think I think Zeke, when healthy, not on a bum knee, I think Zeke is really really good. Unfortunately, I think we have just ran him into the ground. Um, 
And I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out when Zeke transitioned. Because if y'all remember at Ohio State, Zeke was a speedster. Yeah. Zeke, Zeke was a speedster. When y'all played us, if y'all if y'all if y'all remember if y'all remember if y'all remember in 2016 when he rushed for six over 1600 yards. He was he was a speedster when he, in 2017 when he had when he had to serve that six game suspension, he was a speedster in 2018. He was speedy as hell. What the hell happened? Like I still don't know, and I've watched every Cowboys game. Like I still don't know what happened. Like he, I know he, I know he like tore his piece. He tore his PCL last year. Um, but like last year was the first year he looked really, really slow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what the hell happened. I don't know. Yeah, I have no, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea what happened. But I don't want to see. I don't want to see him cut. I think he is needed. Um, I think I, th- I think he is needed. I'm still a little skeptical about Tony Pollard carrying a whole workload, so I, I still think Zeke is needed. It's um, not. It's not even like the workload part. It's the fact that I don't think I don't think Tony Pollard would be as effective as a yeah I, yeah yeah. I, I I don't I don't as a bell cow. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't know if Tony Pollard is going to get you those dirty runs. Because see Zeke, see Zeke isn't flashy like Tony Pollard, but Zeke does things like. He'll turn a he'll turn a run that should be a one yard loss into a three yard gain. And while mm-hmm. to fans it doesn't look impressive, to people who analyze football, to the coaches, you are thank you are thanking the Lord. You have a guy like that that can just make something out of nothing. So I still think I, I don't want to see Zeke cut. I hope Zeke takes a pay cut. I, I think Zeke needs to take a pay cut. I think if he takes a pay cut, it'll be a lot of pressure off of him. Um, so I hope he takes a pay cut. Um, and I hope he's willing to take a pay cut because he knows that, like, he needs Pollard to compliment him. Um, so give so I'll take a pay cut. Give Pollard the money that, that you're cutting from me. Give it to him. Um, so I hope it's something like that. But – so the Cowboy fans worried about Tony Pollard being a free agent. I wouldn't worry about that shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that. I, yeah, I just wanted to. I just want to talk. I just want to talk about that. Um, and also, also, uh, the Cowboys put. I don't killer. I don't. I, I know you a coach. I know you watch football kind of the same way that Corey and I do. Maybe even more detailed than Corey and I do, because because you are a coach and we officially ain't coaches. But uh, so I don't know if you saw what we saw, or Corey. I don't even know if you saw what I saw. But the Cowboys put the fear of the Lord Himself in Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys D line put the fear of God in Kirk Cousins. They had that man looking like um. Sam Darnold when he went up against um New England, the ca- he was seeing ghosts out that bad boy. The Cowboys, the Cowboys, it the Cowboys beat up Kirk Cousins so much, it looked like he not even interested in wearing no more chains. Like he like it looked like he not even trying to have no more chains on. Like yo, 
the Cowboys, oh, the Cowboys D line beat the shit out of Kirk Cousins. I'm talking even on passes that where he got the ball off, he was just taking hit after hit after hit. He, it, so much fear was put in Kirk Cousins that Micah Parsons came back into the game just to rush him, and the score was 40 to 3. Michael Parsons had his helmet off as soon as as soon as Dan Quinn was like, Y'all got y'all got my blessing to rush every single down. Michael Parsons took his helmet and went right back out there. Said, fuck it, fuck this injury, fuck this banged up shit. I'm about to, I'm about to get, I'm about to get, I'm about to get this motherfucker. Like, like, yo, I have not seen, I have not seen a more ferocious D-line from the Cowboys. I, I don't, this, honestly, this might be the best complete D-line I've ever seen the Cowboys have. And I've seen a lot of D-lines. I've seen the DeMarcus Ware and the um and the Greg Ellis D, uh, D line with with, oh uh, with with Jay Ratliff in the middle. I seen oh I seen that D line. Um, I seen uh who was who was uh before before D Ware that was paired up with uh Greg Ellis Ebenezer Ecubon. I seen I seen the Ebenezer Ecubon and uh and um and uh the Greg Ellis D line that had Dexter Coakley coming up in the box. Uh, yeah, that was one of my linebacker. favorite linebackers, right? I love it. It it, yeah. it, it, it it was either Dexter Coakley or it that was or was that it was that, that win. That, that, that like yo, I seen I seen. A bunch of a bunch of Cowboys D lines. I've seen I've the D line. I've seen I've seen it. No, 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 no. Kill. We didn't have bad D lines. I mean, yeah. like I'm thinking about this. Like that's been like the most consistently good part of your defense. But 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 look look. I've seen the D line. I've seen the D line where we had um. It wasn't D Ware. It was after D Ware. D Ware went to Denver. Um. Shit, we had George Sean, Selfie. No, we had Sean. No, Sean Lee in the middle. Sean Lee was in the middle. We had David Irving. Remember, David Irving had that. Oh yeah, that spectacular game against Aaron Rodgers. That yeah. that that David Irving defensive line where we had Rolando McClain and we had Sean Lee uh, at the at the linebacker slots and they, and they will alternate coming in the box and covering. They will alternate the shit. Like yo, I see hella Cowboys D lines. This might be the most complete. D line, I have ever seen the Cowboys. The cow, uh, killer. You a coach? Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have just ends, just ends. The Cowboys have Tank, Tank Lawrence, mm-hmm. Dorrance Armstrong, Chauncey Goldston. If you want to include Michael Parsons as an end, because he, he damn sure played like, yeah, they got they got Michael Parsons. We got uh, Dante Fowler Jr. We just signed Tack McKinley. All of these dudes are rotating two positions, just two. And then in the middle, there's Neville Gallimore. There's Osa Odigizua. There's um. There's um. Who the the big dude? Uh. Bi- uh. Uh. Um. Um. Corey, help me out. The big dude. Uh. Number ninety one. Quentin Bohanna. Yeah. Qu- there's Quentin Bohanna, Osio Digazua, Neville Gallimore. Um, there's another. There's another um, Cowboys def- uh, defensive tackle. Um, 
let me see let me see uh i can i, I can pull it up right now um the roster uh how do they have oh okay i was i was about to say this should look weird okay yeah, there's Carl and uh, that defense tackle. There's Carlos Watkins. There's Quentin Bohanna. There's there's fucking Osa Odigizua. Like I said, there's J- the dude we just traded for, John Hankins. There's Neville Gallimore. Um, <laughs> there's Neville Gallimore. There's uh, shit. I mean, it's so many dudes. It's so many dudes rotating four different mm-hmm. spots. It's fucking nuts. I haven't even mentioned defensive end Terrell Basham, who was who was playing unstoppable until he got hurt at the beginning of the year. I have I haven't I didn't even mention Terrell Basham, but like, and then the linebackers, and then the linebackers. You got Parsons playing linebacker. You got LVE, who has had a great year. I, 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 he has had a great year. You have LVE playing linebacker. You got Anthony Barr playing linebacker. Um, you got Jabril Cox, who, who uh, is playing linebacker. You got Damone Clark, who's playing lineba- linebacker. Like, dog. I ain't never seen the Cowboys have a front seven this thick. I, I ain't never seen it, yo. And it's like mm. all of them be getting home. All of them be getting home on the pass rush. Dante Fowler mm-hmm. was at Dante Fowler was an afterthought in the league. Signed with us on a cheap veteran on a cheap veteran minimum deal just to play for Dan Quinn. Dante Fowler is ranked number four on the team in sacks. Yeah, that's crazy. Sheesh. That like that's what I'm saying. Like y- y'all know football. When's the last time y'all seen a front seven that thick? Like the, with, Pit, with the just, Pittsburgh Steelers old three four from two thousand and five. No 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 no. When have you ever seen a Cowboys front seven mm-hmm. that thick? I have never seen the Cowboys ah. have a front seven where you could just where it's like it's like it's like one unit. It's it's like what we what we say when we play it. One unit and with however many removable parts. I it, that that's how the damn defense look. It's like if if Michael Parsons got to play got to play in. All right, put Damone Clark in there. He gonna do the same shit. If mm-hmm. Michael, if Michael Parsons gotta play linebacker, but you need somebody to rush like Michael Parsons, we gonna go ahead and put Sam Williams in there. If Sam Williams isn't what we trying to do, and we trying to we trying to go with stopping the run, uh, we gonna take Parsons off the field. We gonna take Sam Williams off the field. We gonna put Damone Clark on the field because he got speed. We gonna put LVE on the field because uh, he got speed. Uh, and then for the end, we gonna put Chauncey Goldston because he's a bigger defensive end who gonna clog the gaps. Like they have players for every, and I'm talking about good players for every single position in the front seven. I ain't never seen the Cowboys say that. I ain't never seen it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, yeah. I ain't seen one this talented. It, you know, and I'm talking about just Almost for the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm talking about like just for the Cowboys. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it historically. I'm really thinking about it. You guys have always had talent there. But it was never as deep as you needed it to be. And and here's the thing: this is a deep ass defense. 
Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dan Quinn might be the greatest defensive coordinator I have ever seen the Cowboys have. Oh. I said I've ever seen. I was born in 89. So since 89, what defensive coordinator has is, has been better? Uh, what what Cowboys defensive coordinator has been better than Dan Quinn? I can tell you right now it wasn't Rob Ryan. Yo, know, everybody knows it's Monty Kiffin. Yeah, Monty. Yeah, 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 yeah right, right. I, I was about to say, um, Wade Phillips. No, he wasn't a DC for y'all. I mean, he, he. Uh, I mean, wasn't he? No, he, no under he Jason was, Garrett. No, no, no. Jason Garrett was under him. Jason Garrett was the OC for Wade Phillips. Could have sworn Wade came back and worked for him. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no. It was who was the who was our decoy? It was Brian. Um, shoot, what was his name? It was another head coach that came in. Was y'all DC when y'all had um? Yeah, I'm not bugging. I know it was another coach, another head that came down to be a DC for y'all. You're talking about Rob Marinelli, are you? Nah, someone who actually mattered. Rob Marinelli is one of the greatest defense coordinators ever. Don't disrespect. Not a, like I'm disrespecting. I'm disrespecting him as a head coach, not as a not as a coordinator. Like, yeah, I, I would are you, the hell are you talking about, are you talking about Brian Stewart? Yeah, Brian Stewart. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, he was the head coach for um for someone else for a minute, but he was always just a, a guy who I thought was a way better coordinator. But let, let me, all right, look, let me ask y'all. Let me ask y'all a question. Let me ask y'all a question, both of y'all. Ernie Stoutner, do you know who he is? No, no. He was the Cowboys defensive coordinator for fifth for. 15 years, 16 seasons. His record as a defensive coordinator is 152 and 86. Playoff record is 13 and 10 from 1973 to 1988. All right, so he might be the greatest defensive coordinator ever that the Cowboys have had, right? That's 15 years. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we'll take him out. Now let's go down the list. Super Bowls, too. Let's go down the list. Dave Wanstead. Would you take Dan Quinn over him? No. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, would, I, I think I would. And it was Dave Wines that I was thinking about, Corey. Okay. Okay, yeah. That's the Jimmy Johnson years. Yeah, those yeah. Jimmy Johnson years. Um, okay, so y'all would take y'all would take Dan Quinn over Dave Wanstead, right? Mm-hmm. Would y'all take Dan Quinn over Butch Davis? <sighs> Bro, Butch had some defenses for that ass, boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would, I think I would take Butch. I think I'd take Butch. Okay. If y'all would take Butch, then I'm just asking the question. Corey, you take Butch? I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the defensive style, and I, I think I like that style just a little bit more. Okay, Corey, who would you take? I would say it's very close, but I might lean towards Butch. Okay. Dan Quinn or Dave Campo? Dan Quinn. Dan, Dan Quinn. Dan, Dan Quinn or Mike Zimmer? As a DC, not not a, not a Ooh, head coach. Yeah, that's exactly not a what head I coach. About it. As a DC, Zimmer was a hell of a D coordinator. He I was. I can't lie to you. He was a hell of a defensive coordinator because he knew how to flex his formations. Boy, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying anything. I'm just mm. asking the question. I, I think I may take Mike Zimmer. But honestly, to me, it depends on who on who the heck we are going against. Okay. 
So you you would, take, you, you would take you would take Zimmer Yeah, it's that close. I man, you want to call close. you want to call it a tie? You want to call it a tie? I, I can move mine to a tie. I might have to. That's the, yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna say a tie. Yeah, that's that's okay. a tough one. That's a tough okay. one. Okay. Yeah. Dan Dan Quinn or Brian Stewart? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, or, Dan Quinn or Rob Ryan? <laughs> Dan Quinn. Dan, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn or Monty Kiffin? With oh, the Monty. cow? No, oh. with the Cowboys. Yeah, Monty Kiffin. You thought Monty Kiffin was a good defensive coordinator yeah. with the no, Cowboys? Oh, okay, I was no, about to say. No, no. I was about to but say. Nah, you you want to be thinking about when he was with the Giants? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No. Those defenses were nice. Uh, <laughs> you, mean, you mean you mean Tampa? Tampa, yeah, Tampa. Not, not the Giants, Tampa. Yeah, that was a good Tampa defense. That was. Ronnie Kiffin invented the Tampa too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm not talking about Tampa, Monty Kiffin. I'm talking about Dallas, Monty Kiffin. Um, yeah. Dan nah. Quinn. Okay, here's a, here's a hard one. Dan Quinn or Rob Marinelli with the Cowboys? Dan Quinn. I would say Dan Quinn also. I love Rod. Rod wasn't a good adjuster. Why Rod was stuck in his ways. Yeah. Like now our now our 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 D line was really good under Rod. Like, but see, I don't think he adapted the the I don't think he coordinated the defense. Mm-hmm. Like he was great as a D like a defensive line coach, get after uh get after the quarterback type of coach, but I don't think he coordinated the defense as well as Dan Quinn. Okay, Dan Quinn or Mike Nolan, come on now. Dan Quinn. Easy. Easy. So, out of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, out of 11 defensive coordinators for the Dallas Cowboys since 1973, out of 11 defensive coordinators, Dan Quinn might be tied for fourth because y'all said y'all would take Ernie Stautner, I mean, that, that's kind of a given, 15 years. Um, y'all said y'all would take Butch Davis and Mike Zimmer over him. That, that's what y'all said. So, at worst, Dan Quinn is the fourth greatest defensive coordinator of all time for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, Jerry Jones better pay that man coach's money. Mm-hmm. Like, like, be like, Dan, Dan, look, I know you a former head coach. You know, I know everything is about advancement and everything like this. But how about that? How about this? I will give you the same salary as Mike McCarthy. Oh, boy. Just for you to stay the defensive coordinator. That's what we did with Dick LeBeau. Man. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if I was Jerry Jones, I would make it because the thing is, Mike McCarthy's not going to get fired based on how the season is going. So the I, I would even say, Dan, I will make you the co-head coach. What that means is I will make it so that Mike McCarthy does not have the ability to override any defensive play calls. And I will pay you the same salary as him for both for both of y'all to be the ho- the co-head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Because my thing is, I don't want Dan Quinn going no fucking where. 
Bro, if I'm Mike McCarthy, that situation, I'm getting the fuck out of town. Yeah, that's the only thing about it. Yeah. If Mike, if Mike McCarthy go out of town, then then yeah, I'll make Dan Quinn the coach. That's easy. That's easy. Now your defense always gonna be raw. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, shit. I mean, Kellen Moore would still be the offensive coordinator. So I, whatever, whatever that means. You know but, what? I trade offensive coordinators with you. We don't want Matt Canada. Yeah, hey, hey. don't nobody, don't nobody want that. Exactly. <laughs> So count your goddamn blessings, <laughs> man. <laughs> I will. I would rather have Kellen Moore than than, than Matt Canada. I will say that. I, 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 to be fair to Kellen Moore, I would rather have Kellen Moore than 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 about twenty offensive coordinators. My fucking point exactly. So, so until you gotta suffer through the bullshit, I gotta look at every Sunday. Killer, I'm not trying to hear that. Do you know y'all have been way more consistent over the last two decades in the Cowboys? Boo hoo, y'all are having a bad year. Get over it. You know, we're having a bad offense. And I also told you how important TJ Watt was. We wouldn't have been in that game if it weren't for his ass. Yeah. But look, that's all I got to say about the Cowboys. Hey, look, I, I, I got my Cowboy fix. I, I just had to give them credit. I couldn't, I couldn't go another week saying. Oh yeah, this team. Let's see what they can do. Blah blah blah. I still don't have no faith. I couldn't go. I I could. I would sound like a fool if I went another week saying that shit after what they did in Minnesota. Yeah. Or what the hell going on with your Lakers, dog? They getting the ass beat. Yep. And also, y'all gonna put some fucking respect on the on the Kings, like I told y'all to. Man, fuck Sacramento. Them niggas just won seven in a row. I told y'all, goddamn it. <laughs> <laughs> They won seven in a row. They won seven in a row, and they still not going to the playoffs. Yes, they are. No, nah, I'm lying. I'm yeah. lying. They probably, they probably are going to the playoffs. Yeah. The bottom of the West is weak. Yeah, sure I told is. y'all before, it, was, it's, it went from an eight-team race easily to a six. But if I look in the East, like I said before, if I say X-team made the finals, you'd be like, it may be a little long, but you can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say that shit for the West. Hey, look, man, the Kings, they the best team, but I'll tell you, they can make the... No, the hell they ain't. Only time we've ever seen the Kings have any type of postseason success is when Corey played for them on your NBA 2K. The good old days. Yes, sir. 2K10, the greatest... Sheesh, man. Wait a minute. Uh, put that, that sorry-ass franchise oh. on my back. Got swept in the finals by Mike's Bulls, but... Hey, hey, hey. I mean, Every goddamn year. F you, Mike. <laughs> F you. <laughs> hey, rookie game MVP right here, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, the way Corey talking, the way Corey talking, <laughs> don't let him find the paper, boy. It sound like he going to sweet chin music. The holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Look, don't, yeah, don't, let him, don't let him find no paper. Oh, man. Yo, real talk. Since you brought up Shawn Michaels, Corey, what's going on in wrestling, bro? Talk to me. Oh, shoot. Hold up. Before, so, before the wrestling thing, I got a question. I got a serious question. Okay. Are there two athletes named Hunter Renfro? Are you shitting? Ooh, I think one plays baseball. Right, and the other one plays for the Raiders, right? Yeah. yeah. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. That's, that's wild that's ass crazy. shit. Wait a minute. Or 
That's I, I, watch it. I he played for a California team too. Yeah, because Hunter Renfro just got played tra- for the Dodgers. Yeah, but he just got traded. He he played for Milwaukee, I think. Milwaukee, but, okay. But he just got traded to the uh, L.A. Angels. Okay, I'm about to say, yeah, I know. I remember saying that name affiliate. And, and, and I was reading it. I'm like, man, Hunter Renfro played for the Raiders. What the, what the, I'm like, he number two to Devontae. But I, that's I, crazy, I, bro. Yeah, like that's not like a you. That's not like a super common name. Hunter Renfro. Hunter might be common, but who the I, I only Renfro I ever heard of was the one that played for the Raiders. So it's kind of crazy. That's kind of yeah, crazy. Hey, where is the other Hunter Renfro from? Like, where are they from? Shit, I don't know. And like correlation so, to each other, because it's a good chance these motherfuckers might be like distant cousins, especially if it's the South. Well, so the thing is, the one who plays for the Raiders, his last name ends with a W, and the baseball player ends with an E. So that's the only difference, right? But, there. That's, but that shit is crazy. They got the it same is. name, though. Same name phonetically. Yeah, that's yeah, that is crazy. That's wild. All right, but yeah, Corey, wrestling. My bad, man. I want. You, I ain't mean to. Yeah. No, no, no. You good? So, um, I got wrestling. Two wrestling topics and one MMA topic. I'll start the wrestling first. So AEW just came off uh, one of their big pay-per-view events this past weekend called Full Gear. It was a very good show, but the most important thing that happened out of that show, in my opinion, is we have a new AEW world champion. John Moxley was defeated by Maxwell mm-hmm. Jacob Freeman, MJF. And the Go reason party, Mike. <laughs> And the reason that is significant is because this man, MJF, is the real deal. This guy is 26 years old, and he is in the mold of guys like The Rock, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Roddy Piper. What do I mean by that? Those are all guys who are fantastic wrestlers, but the first thing that comes to your mind are their promo abilities first, their ability to talk, the ability to talk people into an arena, the ability to sell tickets. MJF is the, as a single, is the best, the best person in the business that can talk you into buying a ticket to watch him wrestle. And the fact that he's 26 years old, there isn't a better face for AEW at this current moment than MJF. Like, this dude is legit. If and anybody out there who's who hasn't seen AEW or haven't watched in a while, tune in just to see this man. Like this, this kid, he right now, his career is where I would say the Rock's career was in late 98, early 99, where the Rock first became like a big big star but you but you still knew there was more there was more mm-hmm. superstardom to be had that's where mjf is right now at 26 years old he's the world champion and i think like i said this is the best thing that aew could have going for it right now so that was a great move hey, quick question. Question. i do have a question with that too yes go ahead yeah let me let me ask this real quick who um remember AEW? I mean, not AEW. Remember WWE had um this wrestling character. He was supposed to be like he was he was the like the all American athlete. Went to Oklahoma University and wrestled and yeah, Jack Swagger. Is that was that is that his name? Jack Swagger. Yeah, Jack Swagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Swagger. I, let me let me look him up real quick. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the guy, Jack Swagger. Is he he with AEW too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want you to know something. I looked up that that MJF dude because you said you mentioned Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and that is greatness. For whatever reason, the look of this man gives me Jack Swagger. <laughs> like I can't I can't take him serious just on the outside looking in. He might be an awesome performer. I I just I I just it's it's hard for me to it, you said the rock. Do you understand how major that is? Yeah, and I know I know that's why I said it too. Like this this dude is legit in terms of talking and promo ability. Like he is for real. Okay. He, he's for and real. And he and he became the champion because he beat that because he beat Moxley? Yeah. I already fuck with him. I already fuck with him. I fuck with him. <laughs> hey, it, M, MJ, MJ, uh, F or whatever the fuck, go ahead, go ahead. I feel like, I feel like, I, I, I yeah, I don't, his, his initials is weird. MJF. Yeah, MJF takes him, takes a while to get used to. But I will say, if you want to look up one thing of him, look up, he did an interview, uh, uh, with uh that podcast part of my take by Barstool, but they they cut out this a little four minute promo that he did right before um uh the full gear show, where it's basically a four minute promo hyping up his match with John Moxley, and it is one of the best promos you'll see, legit one of the best promos you'll see. Like this, I'm telling you, this kid is the real deal. He is the real deal. Like okay, so can can we calm down on the rock comparisons though? It's more you mean more like Edge, right? You don't. No, mean- no, 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 no. What I I use the rock for this example. When you think about the rock, you think about his promos. You think about his catchphrases. You think mm-hmm. about the way he can talk. Like his wrestling was great, but his wrestling is not the first thing that comes to mind when you think about the rock. That that's that that's that's why I made that correlation. MJF is the same. Like when you think about MJF, you think about his promo ability first. Like he's a great talker. That that's okay. that that's what I'm saying. So I okay. got I got a, I got, I got two but he questions. doesn't but he doesn't have like the the like there is an aura surrounding the, like when you say The Rock in wrestling, whether it's A W W C W W W E, it don't matter. If you say The Rock, there is an aura of greatness that just comes with that name leaving your mouth you're not saying that that's this dude right no no i'm not saying he's up to up to par in terms of like the best like like no like like no the the rock is in a class by himself i only use the rock as an example as one of those guys that his promo ability is just so it's like like when the rock when the rock was around like he was the best promo guy in the business MJF is the best promo guy in the business today. Okay, so he's a CM Punk. So he's a CM Punk. Yeah, I was about to say that. I better than Punk. Like, he's well, like, well, better, better at promo than Punk. It's kill a it, more killer. Kill CM Punk is not that great at promo, Mike. Punk. Well, Punk strong suit is promos, and Punk was a, Punk is a great promo. I'm not going dis, to dis, disrespect dude, CM Punk. Dude, you you remember the um the promo they did? Uh, it was kind of more more or less like a bit of a skit, I guess. But um, when the WWE had to walk out, it was yeah. him, Triple. It was who was in the ring? It was him, Triple H, John Cena, John Cena, Cena, yeah, Cena, and uh, it was someone else. Um, because they had a match and Punk was on commentary. Yeah. Yep. Two thousand eleven. 
yeah, that entire segment was made for me by Punk's actions, especially when he asked Triple H, could he wear the blazer? <laughs> he, ra- he went over, grabbed the blazer, I'm, grabbed the headset. Dude, that was gold. I'm I'm just trying I'm just trying to get an accurate I'm just trying to get an accurate like Pipe bomb. D- uh, no, I'm just trying to get an accurate like depiction on this MJF guy. I'm not saying he's not good, but CM Punk can cut a promo. Chris Jericho could, could cut a promo in his heyday. Mm-hmm. Are you saying he's like that, or are you saying he's greater than that? Oh, I think he could he's, be greater than that. Oh, I think he well, he definitely could be greater than that. I think he will be greater than that. Like, the dude just, it's it's like, it's Can a, he be their natural. Goldberg? Say what? Can he be their Goldberg? In terms of like star power, or yeah, like, like, because like, like, right now they have a lot of borrowed talent. When you see these guys, you think about the WWE days. Same thing as when WCW had a bunch of WWF guys back in that oh, time yeah. period. Yeah. Can he be their Goldberg? He he absolutely needs to be. Because I'll tell you right now, he is the best thing that AEW has. Okay. The best thing AEW has. Okay, okay, okay. Is Triple H an accurate comparison? No, because Triple H, because because Triple I know and I love Triple H, but Triple H, he would have those those long-winded 20-minute promos where he would just ramble on and He's on. He's the only one you can honestly say in that time period you could trust to do that shit. Yeah, but it became like but it became so repetitive though. Like, like especially when The Rock was gone, like and then Stone Cold was gone, and it was, it was basically the Triple H show. Like sometimes he would just be in there just going on and on saying the same stuff like i just got i just got a problem the game i I just got a problem comparing this man to the rock like the the rock the rock (laughs) is the the, like the rock is top five greatest wrestler regardless of brand ever my only point in mentioning the rock was about the rock's promos like his promo ability that's the first thing you think about with the rock i was just saying with mjf his promos are the first thing you would think about if you watch him perform that's that's it i'm not saying he's he's not better like i don't think anybody like is a better promo than the rock obviously we gotta account for eras but like the rock is like the rock is sitting up there on the mount rushmore you, you know, but I'm not. So I'm not. I'm not he saying. He is the Mount Rushmore. I'm just. I'm just saying he's not. MJF's not that. But what I am saying, he is in that mold, and he is by far the best promo in the business. Like that dude. Like I said, to, to kill to answer your question, he needs to be AEW's Goldberg. He needs to be. When you think of AEW, you think of MJF. Like he needs to be that guy. He needs yeah. to be that guy. <laughs> Mike, you ain't Bro. shit. Man, all I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say is, Mike, just watch. You, you got, you got the internet. Just click on, click on one of his promos. Just type in MJF promo. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really wish y'all could know why I'm laughing so goddamn hard right now, but I can't say it because Mike's an asshole. Killer, like, killer. Am I wrong you. though? I can't necessarily say that. See. <clears throat> Have you watched one of his promos? God damn it! I'm, I'm look. I'm about to. I'm. I'm. While when you talking about the wrestling and the MMA stuff, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look at one of these short promos real quick. <laughs> bro, I okay. swear to God, I, I'm. I'm choking on laughter right now, bro. Like that's the. I've. I ain't laughed that goddamn hard in a while, Mike. I'm serious. Um, but um, 
Now, I, what's crazy is that this entire experience that the listeners are having right now, I can guarantee you is the most confusing bit of audio they have heard in quite some time. Because y'all have no idea what the hell I just read Mike type in this chat. Bro. Shit's like, hilarious. Can you imagine like, if we can get a video what podcast? He, yeah, what he typed is something I would have said. I'm just let y'all know that right now. What he typed is something I would have said, but you know, <laughs> I actually had a come to Jesus meeting with Corey, and I, I had to like kind of clean my act up because I ain't gonna lie, a brother was super raunchy with what the shit I was saying. So just know that it's on that level. Like yeah. it's early, matter of fact, it's early off the sticks as far as language. If y'all really like, go back and listen to some of the first episodes. In fact, go back and listen to the first episode. It is like four sports terms and a bunch of cussing. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But uh, while Mike, I'm just uh, saying, The Rock be saying stuff like <laughs> "know your role," "shut your mouth." He be having catchphrases. He got the eyebrow. He got the most electrifying move in sports and entertainment. This man slid across the ring in hard bottom dress shoes, like, like. I'm still. I can't comprehend. <laughs> oh, like okay. So like, The Rock is The Rock. Like, I'm, we're gonna table that. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to say MJF is the next Rock or he's what, as, what about as Stone great Cold as The Rock. Steve Austin. He could be Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? Stone Cold was a great promo. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, so can we leave The Rock out of it? Just make a small just, cold comparison. I'm just saying, man, like the dude is a great promo. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's The Rock he, or he's even going to be up close to The Rock. I'm just saying the dude is a great promo. That's all. No, I, I believe all I'm going to say is this, Mike. Brent Berry won a I dunk just, contest. Look, look, I believe you. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that he just he's just closer to Stone Cold. Mike, I'm gonna say that, one. Corey. I'm gonna say that one again. I'm gonna say yeah. that one again. Mike, you know Brent Barry won a dunk contest, right? Man, who did he go against? <laughs> who did Brent Barry go against? Oh gosh. Hold on. Hold on. Who? Who? Who was that? The 1996 dunk contest. Who 95. was that? That was 95, I think. No. 96. Yeah, it was 96. Oh no, it was it was 95. Lester Earl won 96. It was Tony Dumas. Who? Oh wait, wait, hold on, wait. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. Give me a second. That was um. That's actually an All Star that year. Uh, from 1995. Talking about some damn Brent Berry. Don't nobody know that man for Duncan. They know that man for corner threes. <laughs> this thing is acting stupid. It's not letting me. Look, uh, I'm just saying. Oh, this was a slam dunk contest. Tony Dumas, Antonio Harvey, Harold Miner, Tim Perry, J.R. Ryder, Jamie Watson. That was 95. Man, he went up against. Brent Berry went up against Daryl Armstrong. Doug Christie. Greg Miner, who the hell is that? Harold Cousin, Harold Cousin, Baby Jordan. The, Jer- Jerry Stackhouse was there, Michael Finley was there, and Brent Berry was there. I feel like Brent Berry won this by default. 
You don't think he was a better dunker than on Jerry? Hell no. I think I think he might have been a I think he might have been a better dunk contest dunker than Jerry. In my oh, in game, in game, Jerry was. But in game, Michael Finley and Jerry Stackhouse blowing him out the water. But anyway, I'm just saying the dude. People the forgetting dude, how I, nasty Michael Finley was, bro. So the, so look while you was talking. That's what Michael Red was supposed to be. Corey, while you was talking, look, I YouTube a promo of his and watched like 30 seconds. The man immediately gave me Stone Cold vibes. What? I didn't I didn't hear no like I didn't hear no third referring to himself in third person. I didn't hear no no catchphrases like know your role and shut your mouth. Like oh my goodness. That's I wasn't it's not a direct comparison. I was just talking about when you see and you think about it. Like promo. he has the potential to possibly hit that level with growth, with maturity. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, with his own style. It's, it's, yeah, his own style. Exactly. Like, exactly. Imagine LeBron at age 26. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. I can. I can. I can rock with that. Okay. Right. So he can. So he can. So he has very good potential to reach the top of the promo game with his with his style of mic skills. Right. There you go. Okay, yes. okay, we're good. Cause yeah, okay. Cause I was having a hard time comprehending because of what I put in the chat. Cause yeah. As soon as I said that, right. I knew this thing was <laughs> gonna go haywire the moment I said it's, it. But. It's the same reason why I be it's the same reason why I don't be trying to talk about uh the skinny dude uh that Oklahoma City drafted, uh 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 Holmgren, Chet yeah. Holmgren. Same oh, yeah. reason I don't want to talk about him. Yeah, you know. Kind of but all right, I'm balling this year. Look, look marketing, marketing, marketing is marketing's my having an all having an all star season this year. I don't want to see him succeed because he ain't do shit for Chicago. But, look, um, Corey got to get Corey got to finish the wrestling and the MMA stuff. I'll <laughs> put myself on mute. <laughs> so Just keep typing right in the chat because that shit's entertaining. Oh my god! So uh, last wrestling thing, and then I got one MMA thing. So last wrestling part. Uh, WWE's Big Show um, Survivor Series is this Saturday The Thanksgiving tradition We got five matches Now the WWE They're bringing back my favorite WCW gimmick match of all time Which is War Games Um, Hmm. So they have a Explain War Games for people So War Games is basically you have two rings Set up side by side and over those Two rings is one giant cage So it's a giant cage that stretches Across two rings And it's two teams of five And everybody comes in at Four So two people start the match Then every five minutes One person comes in From one team and another person comes in From another team so you flip coins to see who gets the man advantage I'm kind of iffy on this because this is one of those cases where the war games matches themselves are going to be great, but I don't think the teams facilitate there being a war games match. It feels like they're doing a war games just for the sake of a war games. It's just, just sort of say, Hey, if you've never seen a war games match, tune into survivor series and you'll see it for the first time. But so the main, the men's war games is, um, uh, let's see. Uh, the Bloodline, which is Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, The Usos, and Sami Zayn against Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Ridge Holland, and Butch. Now, obviously, Roman Reigns and The Bloodline, that is the hottest storyline in WWE right now, so it makes sense for them to headline. But their opponents, eh, this match is not War Games worthy to me because a War Games match has to be where it's like violence. 
and you have to have like a like a, a months long build to wanting to see you know the the heroes get revenge on the villains and this doesn't feel like that like to me like i said this feels like more of just a showcase of what a war games match is in case you haven't seen one so i think the match itself is going to be good but i wish i was more excited for it than i actually am but um yeah, that's Survivor Series this Saturday on Peacock. Now, one oh, M- it's on Peacock for free. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got Peacock. Yeah, you got Survivor Series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got the premium joint. Yeah. So, yep, yeah. You said, uh, yeah, oh, that's Saturday. I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. Oh, they also got a women's war games. The the women's war games is gonna be. I think it's gonna be really, really good. Got I'm Bianca not, Bella. I'm not even gonna lie to you, Corey. Like, if I'm gonna watch wrestling, I'm watching it primarily for the women. Not because I think they're attractive or nothing like that, but because with the women now in wrestling are the main attraction as far as talent to me. I don't For know sure. how you feel, but like women, the women, they be getting it in. Yeah, for a long time, the women were the best part of the show. Like, women's wrestling has, has like, just expanded tenfold, especially in North America. And, like, yeah, the women, and I, I would say consistently are the best part of WWE's product. Like, all of these women can go in that ring and and like and getting the respect and the credit that women's wrestling deserves. But uh, you got Bianca Belair, who's my favorite right now, uh, Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Miriam, and TBD versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Nick, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is a badass. She is great. She is also one of my favorites. I think the women's war games match is going to be really, really good. And it would not surprise me if that actually opens the show. Because I'm pretty sure they'll open the show with the war games match and they'll close the show with the war games match. Um, so I can I could see the women just putting on. I think the women would probably put on the more entertaining war games. And I think the men will have a more storyline driven war games if that makes sense where i think they'll definitely have the action but i think you'll you'll be into it more for the drama of the storytelling because that's what roman reigns and the bloodline have been doing for months and months now but um it should be it should be fun should be exciting i'm looking forward to the show i just wish that it, it was a little more it had a little more umph to it but that survivor series this saturday and you you said you said bianca blair is in this war games yeah bianca belair yeah Oh, oh yeah! I think I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, yeah, she's. I told you, man. She, she's my favorite. Yeah, she's the. Yeah, man, and it's and it's funny. Like she hasn't been doing this very long, and she has ascended herself to being the, one of the best women in wrestling. Period. And yeah, yeah. she, she's her. Like I said, Rhea Ripley is great too. If you haven't seen Rhea Ripley, check her out. She is a badass. She is great. Um, but yeah, yeah, but but Bianca Belair, fine though. Hey, beauty's in the eye to be older. You know what I'm saying? She is. She is gorgeous. I mean, you know? I, so, so is Sasha Banks. Yes, yes, yes. She is. Yes. A lot of, lot of fine, lot, lot of fine women. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, so, uh, so that is the wrestling report. I love Sasha Banks. I love her so much. <laughs> <laughs> I never had a form in which I could ever say this, but that's a fine piece of black woman right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear for God, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> take my ass to Cali, Cali. Oh my lord. She snooped like, what up? Cause... Oh my God, she was born in '92. She young, young. Yeah, she yum yum. No <laughs> killer, no killer, no, no. Oh, dang what you that. said. 
Oh my lord. That's that's my fault. <laughs> so before I go completely off rails, let me just get to about the MMA story. So apparently the UFC has penciled in John Jones' comeback fight to be in March. Let's go. March 5th, I believe, to be exact. And Let's go. This will most likely be at heavyweight. And of course, the person they want to have him fight is the UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. Um, I know he's injured right now, so if he's um, healthy, obviously, that I know that's the fight the UFC is going to try to make. Uh, but if not, then there are talks of having uh, John Jones fight Cyril Gaon. And who's the other guy? I forgot who it was. But anyway, yeah, John Please Jones. Please not Derek Lewis. No, 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 no. It's not Derek Lewis. I forgot who the other guy is, but no, it was, that's not Derek Lewis. But uh, yeah, right now, the UFC's penciling John Jones' comeback fight to be March 5th at heavyweight. So, And and based on the history of the Nigerian fighters, John Jones going to win because the Nigerians don't know how to stay away from their opponent when they're winning the fight. Izzy and Usman. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what John like it, 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 it's just curious to see how he looks at heavyweight. Can can I be can I be real with y'all? Yeah. I don't want to see John Jones fight again. At this point I don't want to see John Jones fight again. John Jones is my favorite UFC fighter of all time. I think he is the greatest UFC fighter of all time. He is the equivalent of Michael Jordan to me. He's a terrible person, but he is great at what he does. Um I don't I don't want to see him fight again because at this point I wanted to see him fight last year. I wanted to see him fight the year before. But at this point he hasn't fought in like 4 years. Or I think maybe maybe it's three. And Corey, wasn't it like three years ago where he announced he was transitioning to heavyweight? Yeah. Yep. It's like that was three in these three years, it took you that long to put on weight and get prepared for a heavyweight fight. So in between that, there was some dispute um with John Jones and the UFC. Because if you remember, um, there's this dispute going on with MMA and boxing where like boxers have the ability to make, you know, giant purses for themselves. Yeah. Right. Uh, so John Jones was sort of spearheading the charge of like MMA fighters, specifically UFC fighters, like especially like UFC fighters of his caliber should be in a position to, to, to make the money to, to say like uh, what Anthony Joshua did, you know, Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence, like those type of dudes who can take in like millions and millions of dollars. Whereas the UFC is a much more controlled environment. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of dispute um, in MMA about fighter pay and fighters not necessarily getting what they're worth in comparison to boxers. Because, like, you look at somebody like Jake Paul. Jake Paul is making, he's making more money than I would say than just maybe, off the top of my head, maybe five UFC fighters. Like, Jake Paul. Right. Like, Jake Paul is making money. So, like, if you're, like, a John Jones, if you're, like, a Kamaru Usman, if you're, like, Izzy Adesanya, like, yo, like, 
what's stopping us from making? And it's not like, and it's not like the UFC ain't making bank. Like the UFC mm-hmm. makes money hand over fist. So it's like, why are we not? You know, especially when you're up at this level, why are we not bringing in or making the type of money that like this dude is bringing in? You know, and it's so it's like, so that's where like John Jones, because John, I think John Jones was going to fight. Who was that? It might have been Derek Lewis. I can't remember, but John Jones was going to was going to fight for the heavyweight title a couple years ago. But he was like, if I'm not making, if if we're both not making this amount of money like they do in boxing, then yo, I'm not doing it. And so that was that was part of the holdup of all this stuff. So like the financially, you know, fighter pay, like I said, it's been a big talking point in MMA. And so that's part of the hold of why John Jones hasn't, hasn't fought in a long time. So, so, so in, so it was, it hasn't been three years yet since his last fight. Um, Cause his last fight was in, was against Dominic, uh, Dominic Reyes in uh back in 2020. Okay. But John Jones by the time his fight in March with Francis Ngannou happens, it will have been three years since his last fight. I don't want to see him fight again. Francis Ngannou has had how many title uh, defenses so far? I think it's been two, maybe, because I know he's hurt now. As re- and, and, and one was as recent as earlier this year. Yeah. So you so you're going up against somebody who has been doing this consistently. You've taken three years off, so so that you, at your last fight, your last fight against Dominic Reyes in 2020, you were 32 years old. Now you are 35, and this is going to be your first fight since then. I don't want to see him fight again because I feel like he's going to lose and it's going to fuck his legacy up. And also the fact that he switched camp. So he got let go from his previous camp because of, uh, I forgot what he did, but um, I can't remember if it was something domestic violence or, oh, actually, I don't, I don't even want to say because I don't want to say what. But yeah, so basically he got kicked out of the Greg Jackson MMA camp. And if you know anything about Greg Jackson MMA, that is probably the smartest in terms of game plan, like fight corner you could possibly have. Like Greg Jackson is like one of the GOAT trainers in MMA. And the fact that John Jones, who was who was his golden goose for many years, like he basically kicked him out. I'm curious to see what type of fighter John Jones would be without the Greg Jackson influence. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't want to see him fight again. His life, we're we're at, we're at right now coming up is UFC is UFC 282 right coming mm-hmm. up. Yep. Coming up is 282. His last fight was 247. Yeah. UFC 247 was his last fight. Four, almost 40 events have happened since his last fight. I, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be good for him. A new weight class, a new camp, and you haven't fought in three years. Killer, what that sound like? Bullshit to me. It sound like a disaster. Well. Only one fighter has done it, taking a three years, three, actually the exact same scenario. Only one other fighter has taken a three-year layoff, came back, went up a weight class, and won the title, and that's George St. Pierre. He's the only one to have done that. And in UFC standings, you will call him a GOAT, right? Oh, absolutely. So this right here may be a test of his GOAT medal, sounds like to me. No, now, one thing- I, I don't think so. I don't think so, because... 
at the end of the day, his, his division is light heavyweight. That is his division. At the end of the day, when he came into the UFC, light heavyweight, all the titles, all the titles and the title defenses, light heavyweight. This, I don't think, I don't, if he loses to uh, Francis Ngannou, I don't think you can um, sit there and I don't think you can say that he's, if, if you thought that he was the GOAT before, like I do, I don't think this one fight is going to tell you whether he's the GOAT or not because he's playing with house money. It's a it's a brand new weight class. He's never done this before. And so it's almost like if he loses, it's almost like, well, we should have expected it because it, it's it's all it's all new to him. It's the first time he's fighting outside of his natural weight class. Um and so he's he's essentially fighting with house money. If he wins, then it's he it's his him being the goat that title him being the greatest ever i think is not is non-debatable if he loses then it's eh he lost but you know this is not his natural weight class so you know it is what it is if he loses i don't think it'll put a big dent and i mean let's just be honest like there's a dent in his legacy anyway like you you just you, you know like and i'm not doubting like he is Talent-wise, he's the greatest fighter ever in, in, in MMA. Um, yeah. But if he loses this fight, the circumstances, I, like this is this is it, this is a very hard scenario. Like you're gone three years, you move up a weight class, and you're going for the title. Your first fight, not even a tune-up fight, your first fight back. Like that is that is insanely difficult to me when when gsp did it that that just solidified the fact that and to me george st pierre's on the mount rushmore of mma like i'm not saying he doesn't have to be number one but he's on that mount rushmore because that that dude was you know that dude was awesome but if john jones does win i think it kind of does say okay yeah he just might be you know the the best ever but we'll see so, man i i just want to see it so let me ask y'all a question, because Killer, you brought up a good point about you know this putting his goat his goat legacy in question or whatever. Mm-hmm. Corey, you said his legacy is kind of already tainted. I guess is that the word you used? Like, what what was the word you used? Yeah, I said, I said there's a there's a dent in his legacy anyway. But why why do you say that? Because his outside the octagon stuff, I think, has prohibited him from being even greater than what he was. Like, I think John Jones would have been, a, could have been, and even should have been a transcendent figure in MMA. Like he should, I, I think he should, would have been like on a pedestal all on his own if he had kept he himself could have, He could have been their Tyson. Yeah, he could have been that dude that just, you know, just set like him looking down on everybody else. Like he could have separated himself you know, you don't, think, you don't think he's done that? No, not not with everybody. I I don't I don't I don't I I don't think it's undisputed as it should be. Like he, now, like we're talking talent wise. Yeah, talent wise, he's the best fighter ever. But he's never he's never true. He's never truly lost a fight. No, but he's cost himself some fights. Like yeah. he's he no he, he only cost himself one fight. No, there's a bunch of fights. Like there was a like drug suspensions. You oh, know. no, no, he's, he's been suspended, but it's only one fight. It's only one fight that was deemed a no contest because he won. Um, 
Yeah, that it was, was um the Cormier, the second Cormier fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, but but I'm not I'm not even talk, I'm talking about like there are so many guys he should have fought. There's so there's so many fights that should have happened, but John Jones got in his own way. And it's and it's just like when you like if you mess up one time, okay, like you can we we, we can forgive that, and everybody makes mistakes. But when it becomes repeated, now it's like when you talk about John Jones, you have to talk about those things too. Like you you can't it, it it's happened so often in, in his career that you have to put them together. Like I said, talent wise, he's the best ever, bar none. But just from a career standpoint, like. We you have to you have to put that in the conversation with John Jones. Like you just have because it's happened so often in his career. He's his own worst enemy. He is his own worst enemy. He is his own worst enemy. I, I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, when you talk about a guy who beat Dominique Reyes, Tiago Tiago uh, Santos, Anthony Smith, Alex Gustafson, uh, I don't care what anybody says. That no contest was a win. That second Daniel Cormier fight, he beat his ass. Um, Ovin Sapro, um, Daniel Cormier the first time, Glover Teixeira before that, uh, Gustafson uh, the first time, Chael Sonnen, Vitor, Vitor Belfort, Rashad Evans, Lyoto Machida, Rampage Jackson, Shogun Rua, uh, uh, Bader, um, Brandon Vera. I mean, the list kind of go on and on and on. Even with the suspensions, I mean, he only cost himself one fight. He called. He missed the the, uh, the uh, Anthony Johnson fight. That fight was supposed to happen. Yeah. What other fight was supposed to happen? Like, gosh, man, he been he been in trouble. Yeah, they, I mean, it, it was a it was a good amount of time. Where I was like, damn. He had he has been in trouble fight again, and it wasn't because of health. He he has been in trouble. I'm just talking about what's on his record and what his track. Like everybody that he's fought overall. Oh no, no, don't get me wrong. Like he fought a murderer's row at light heavyweight. Like that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you say he's the GOAT, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I am not gonna dispute it. Like, I'm not saying like but he, and he should be the GOAT. I'm just saying when you have that conversation, you have to include these factors also. You know, like because like it it I don't say it well, no, I think it does it, I think it taints his legacy to a lot of people. That the same the same way that a lot of people think. The steroid era taint, tainted Barry Bonds' legacy. Man, that was the best thing that ever happened to baseball. That's what I'm saying about. That's what I'm saying about John Jones. Yeah, but John. But when we talk about fighting, and you got Trey samples of PEDs, then you got stuff going on with your, you know, with your significant other that doesn't look good at all, and like, it's just stuff that k- keeps you like suspended and outside of the cage, and it's just like yeah. one thing after another. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I understand why people have a um, I guess issue with John Jones, um, because again, his personal life is terrible. It's it's trash. Um, but I don't think you. I don't think that can take away from what he's done in the ring. Is my is what I'm saying. No, that's greatness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 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 can I? Is this a fair comparison? Saint um Saint George is Muhammad Ali to John Jones is Mike Tyson. You talking about GSP George Saint Pierre? Mm-hmm. Minus the activism. See, okay, George Saint yeah. Pierre. Uh, as, is, as far as like like image. Oh yeah, uh, in the respect image. Of if you're if you're just strictly talking image and greatness, 
George St. Pierre would be front and center in MMA. Like that would be that would be the dude you would put as like the poster boy. And as far as that is concerned. And also, like in his time, like he, like John, John Jones, fought a murderer's row. Like George St. Pierre fought the absolute best welterweight. Like he, like any great welterweight that has come along in the UFC, George St. Pierre beat him. Like he was that, he was that dude and dominant. He was a dominant fighter. Now, like I was saying, I don't think he was the most talented fighter ever. Like to me, the, the talent, the most talented ever is John Jones. That's why, and that's and like John Jones, like he like he fought a murderous role at like heavyweight also. So that's why I say I won't dispute if somebody says John Jones is the best ever. I'm just saying GSP, like that dude was real. And like image-wise, you know, dominance, greatness, like George St. Pierre was that dude. He was absolutely that dude. Yeah, no, he, he was. He, he was. George St. Pierre is, is, sec, is second all-time to me after John Jones. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. All right. So we kind of have a different um, – I'm not sure. You want to you wanna table the power rankings next week? Nah, we, we can do it now. All right. Now – Power rankings, NFL power rankings, they're they're kind of tough to you know when you do them yourself. They're kind of tough. Yep. Because they, there's agree. a lot of stuff you have to really begin to factor in. And yep. I'm looking at the NFL right now. And if I had to put a team number one. I'm putting the Kansas City Chiefs at one. At two, I'll still I'll throw the Philadelphia Eagles in there. I still can't ignore what they did. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'll I'll Mm -mm. still put them at two. For Mm -mm. now, I'll put them at two. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Number three, I'll go Dallas Cowboys. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Three to Dallas Cowboys. How about these power rankings? We just do top ten. All right. Mm-hmm. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. Number five, the San Francisco 49ers. Number six, the Minnesota Vikings. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. Number eight, the Buffalo Bills. Number nine, the Cincinnati Bengals. And number 10, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's my 10. Who'd you, who'd you say? Who'd you say was, was eight and nine again? Eight and nine were the um, Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bills and Bengals, okay. I had a tough time putting New England up there, but they're close. What a crazy game that was, by the way. <sighs> and the Jets, like I said, are having the same kind of fall from grace that um the Giants are having. All right, so... I agree. I agree. The Chiefs 
a number one. Um, first of all, let let me let me look at the standings. Hold on. Hold, yeah, hold, hold, hold on. Let me, let me look. Let me, let me go to ESPN.com and look at the the league standings, not the conference. I do agree that the Chiefs are number one. Hmm. I got Buffalo number two. Mm. And then I got Miami number three. Mm. And then I got Philly number four. I have the Cowboys number five. Minnesota at number six. San Francisco at seven. And trending north. Baltimore at eight. Tennessee at nine. And Cincinnati at 10. I can respect it. Yeah, I like this because our power rankings, all three of ours are like completely different, except for number one. Like I, too, also have the Chiefs at number one. Number two is going to surprise you. I got the Cowboys at two. Get the fuck I, had a, I had a feeling one of us was going to do that. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I had the Cowboys at two. I got the Eagles at three. I got Miami at four. I got the hold on, one, two, three, four. Yeah, Miami at four. I got the the 49ers at five. Wow, got the, that's a jump. I got the Bills at six. You got the 49ers above the Bills? I do. Whoa. I got the Titans at seven. I got the Vikings at eight. I got the Ravens at nine and the Bengals at ten. Why the hell did you put Tampa in the in the top ten? Killer, Tampa. Uh, yeah. I need justification. Washington is better than Tampa. It's not necessarily about who's better in the moment as much as kind of how it's happening at the same time. Both teams are trending north at the exact same time. Right, but, but I did. I did. But I. But better. I. Yeah, but I do put a little bit of a lean on leading your division. Their division ass. Still leading it. We all know the hardest games on your schedule every year are your divisional games. Right. And Washington is in the toughest one. Yeah, and they're also one and two while the Bucks are two and one. So I do put weight on that. Even if they're better, I still put weight on that. And then looking at the conference. They're three and four while the Bucks are five and two. Their wins are coming against the people they need to be beaten. They can't win on the road. They're five and two in conference. 
on the road. And five and five overall. I would I give that a bigger nod. Against conference competition. I give them a bigger nod. They conference ass though. The NFC is the conference, Mike. Oh, you said the conference. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I, I put a little bit of weight on that. Better divisional record, better conference record. I put weight on that. Like half the commanders' wins have come against um AFC opponents. And last time I checked, they played seven seven games in conference. They played eleven games total. So if that means that's the, the three if that's one the case, in non-conference. If that's the case, how do you not put New England above Tampa? Based on your rubric, how do you not put New England above Tampa? They are better than 500 overall. They are 5-2 and two in their conference. They have a better record than Tampa. They have a winning record across the board. They have a winning record at home, a winning record on the road, and they have a winning record in the division and a winning record in the conference. And they're plus 44 in point differential, and Tampa is plus 3. I guess you can say it's the Brady effect for me. Yeah, y'all got to get off Brady. Yeah. I guess you can say it's the Brady effect. It's not even like I'm riding. You know, if anybody hates Tom Brady, it's my black ass. I spent 20 years losing to this man. Hey, man, all I know is you put Tampa Bay at 10 when they should be somewhere like 13. We'll just see where we'll just see where they end up toward the end of the year. Let's just see where they end up end of the year. I st- I think Tampa's gonna wind up with a better record than uh, New England. The the Bucks they've won what two straight now? Two straight. Okay. And they've looked good in both games. Yeah. So I can I can I can see it. The Patriots can... have won three straight. Yeah, but they have not looked great in those games. Okay. I can't. Okay. I can't. Okay. Because like we're splitting hairs. I can't. I can't hate on the Bucks. Being being placed higher than New England by by Killer's standpoint, because like the the Patriots, well at least offensively, that was a horrible game against the Jets, and the special teams came through. But like the 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 Bucks, they've climbed out of a hole. They've won two straight. I know the Patriots have won three straight, but uh, I, I I'm like okay. I think I think we'd be splitting hairs. I'm good with it. And only one of those teams that played the Pittsburgh Steelers. To that point, and this was after T.J. Watt was gone, and they struggled with us. I can't put no respect on that. Like Pittsburgh should have won that game, and we were playing horribly. So even though they've won six, they ain't been the prettiest of wins. It's just like that year to still start off eleven and zero. I never had us on top of the charts. I knew we were a fraudulent eleven and zero, but we just happened to be winning those games. It didn't look good. And then we got exposed, and then it happened. I think that same thing can happen to New England. They're going to play really well. They're going to probably win win some games they shouldn't win. And then they're going to play somebody and get exposed, and it can implode there. All right, let's see what NFL.com got. So they got the Chiefs number one. I think all of us had the Chiefs number one. Mm -hmm. They got the Eagles number two. That was mine. They had the Cowboys number three. That was mine. Buffalo number four. Mm-hmm. San, Fran, San Fran number five. 
That was cool. Yep. Tennessee number six. The Dolphins number seven. Baltimore number eight. Minnesota mm-hmm. number nine. And Cincinnati number ten. So it sounds like all of our lists were represented on this. The Bucks, like at least three of us, at least three of us. And they're right outside. And Kelly had what ten? I said the Bucks should be thirteen, and I had them at ten. Oh, so Kelly was more right. So hey, they were right outside of it. Yeah, like it's it comes down to play style, how they're looking, how confident do you feel about them? Confidence level matters a lot when you're putting together these polls. I'm not confident in the New England Patriots. There's, there's a serious lack of confidence I have in that franchise. Is Mac Jones the franchise quarterback for that organization? He's no. He's quarterback for that franchise. Okay. No. He's not the long-term answer. Like he, he graduated college looking like he had the body of a single dad. Like That is not... That's not conducive to any type of a Super Bowl. Now, granted, Tom Brady was the same way, but by the time he started playing, he lost like that fat face he had his rookie year. Mac Jones went to Alabama, and he's a quarterback. That's all you need to know. He ain't going to be good. Ain't no Jalen Alabama Hurts? quarterback good. Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is having a good year. Now, I like Jalen Hurts, but don't forget, before this year, a lot Who of Who was having a good year as well? Who? Who was having a good he's year? Having, yeah, that's true. This is his first good year ever. Well, that's the first time with a considerable talent. But I understand. Yeah. And look, and those and those could very well be anomalies, but we're not going to sit here and act like Alabama produced good quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm not saying they do, but in their level, in the time of dominance, how many quarterbacks have they had? Who? How many quarterbacks has who had? Has Bama truly had, like, you were like, this guy can play at that next level and be efficient. They haven't had that guy. Why they keep getting picked in high rounds? Yeah. Like who? Like Greg McElroy? I, 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 can, like find, who? I can find some Alabama. AJ, I know AJ, well, AJ McCann, I think it was a second round pick. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he was okay for the Bengals. Yeah, he was at like, that yeah, point, they already it. had a franchise quarterback. Yeah. They just grabbed one because he was on the upper end of it all. That was Andy Dalton toward the upper end of it all. He was never that guy. Coming out of college, he was not that guy. Let me see. List of starting quarterbacks for Alabama. Mac Jones. Y'all sold on him? I'm not, no. No, he's not a franchise guy. Tua. I didn't. I, didn't, I wasn't sold on him coming out of college. Tua. Are y'all sold on him? I think Tua Tua's playable. That, yeah. that, are you sold on him? Like, can I? Do I think he can get one? Are you? You know what I mean. Are you sold on him? No. Jalen Hurts, are you sold on him? Career's too young. Who the fuck is Blake Barnett? In my point exactly. Cooper Bateman. My point exactly. Jake Coker, Blake Sims. Okay, I know about Jake Coker because he played for Florida State too. Yeah. AJ AJ McCarron, you see how that went. Greg McElroy. Mm -mm. Come on now. Like I said, John, but how many of them coming out did you say this is this guy? He's that guy. 
or was it the talent around him? He's just like the Miami Hurricanes quarterbacks. I'm not, look, I'm it's not, like the USC guys outside I'm, of. I'm two. not. I'm not arguing nothing. I'm not arguing nothing about that. I'm simply. I'm simply making the point that Alabama does not produce good professional quarterback talent. No, that you know that. I think the last great or the only great quarterback has Joe Namath. And that that's barely great. Yeah, and was it was it really a great career or a great moment that we always remember? It was a okay. great it was a great personality for the league. That's what it Yeah. Was. Yeah, for sure. Because as far as quarterback and numbers go, I got a fourteen year old, I promise you, can outthrow Joe Namath. Oh, y'all wanna so know who was an Alabama quarterback? Who? Freddie Kitchens. Oh really? I didn't know that. What's he up to these days? Nah, bro. They had John David Booty. Uh, Fred, Freddie Kitchens is supposed. I think he's a. Uh, yeah, he's a senior analyst or something for for South Carolina. Okay. Wow. Freddie Kitchens. My man, my man, funked out the league when he got an internship. Oh, they did have Bart Starr. I mean, if you want to go back to the fifties. Well, yeah, okay. Well, he's that significant, but that was, you know. Yeah, that was Green Bay's guy for a while. They had Joe Namath and Ken Stabler. Okay, Ken uh, Stabler was Ken nice. Stabler, Kenny, yeah. Kenny Stabler had a gun. Yeah, um, he, he he was in the sixties and seventies uh, in, in the NFL. You thinking? You thinking plumber? What? Corey was thinking Jake no, Plummer. His name, no, no, his name was Kenny the Snake Stabler. Wow. They, 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 they used to call him Snake Stabler. They had something to do with just drinking, and I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Corey had a killer moment. <laughs> All I right. said, I heard that somewhere. All right, man, get us out of here, man. It's late. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, yo, man, y'all got your final words or whatnot, even though we're not going to play a game tonight? Um, oh, we, can, we I mean, we can play Izzy a Hall of Famer. I got one in mind, but I thought somebody else might want to go. Hmm. Let's, see if I'm, let's see if I can break my... No, I actually, I, I got the last... No, I missed the one on the last show. Actually, I missed the last two shows. Hey, wait, wait. Well, last week was Steve Francis. Yeah, no right. one got that shit right. Yeah. I was close, and, but. No and then and then right. we put Juan Dixon in the Hall of Shame. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. Oh, damn, I forgot about the Hall of Shame. We can do the Hall of Shame after, the, after you know, Thanksgiving and everything. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Actually, we could say the Hall of Shame for Friday since we do a Hall of Fame on that same day. Yeah, could do something mm-hmm. like that. <clears throat> all right. So. If y'all ain't got one, I'll, I'll do it. Oh, by all means. All right. So, we're going to go football. Yay. Let me pull, let me pull them up. Da-da-da, Ah, all right. Oh, that new God of War is sick, too, bro. Why are you pulling that up? This man has played four, five NFL teams. 
This man ha is a Super Bowl champion. Has one ring. He is, or he has been the um, the defensive rookie of the year. He is has been a All Pro five times. He's been to the Pro Bowl five times. His career has lasted 13 years total. He has 593 tackles, 71 sacks, five forced fumbles, nine fumble recoveries, three defensive touchdowns, one interception, and 38 pass deflections. Is he a Hall of Famer? How many sacks again? 71. 71 sacks. 13 years. Still playing or no? Um... I mean, technically, yes. So hasn't retired formally? No. I thought I knew who it was until you said five teams. I had an idea of somebody until you said five teams. 71 sacks. How many tackles you say you had? 593. 593. 71 sacks. Five-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. Yep. So he's playing somewhere on that line. If he has, if he played 13 years, 71 sacks, I don't think he's coming off the edge. I think I know who it is. And a part of me, I think I know your method. I think I know your method, Mike. You might oh. have to change it up. You oh. might have to change it up. I don't even know what that means. I know your method, bro. I think I know uh. your method. I'm going to say this guy's a Hall of Famer. I'm going to say he is. Um, I think that ring kind of does it. Um. Now, just to make sure I, I have a good feeling that I know who it is, at any point was he considered the most dominant or one of the top three most dominant players at his position for a period no. of time? No. Hmm. You say he said it was just 71 sacks? Shit. You said what? You said it was just, it's just 71? Yeah, you can't. You, you you better not be looking at sack. Nah, 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 nah. But like I said, I think I know who it is already. And a part of me, he he wasn't out. ever he wasn't ever considered dominant. Um, he was. I would say I would say that he we did consider him um a top player at his position for about maybe three years. So. 
See, that's the part that gets me. You know what? Um, nah, it's too fringe. I I wouldn't go first ballot or nothing like that, but I can see him getting in on like six or seven. Just is because. he a Hall of Famer to you? No. Okay, I, who is it? I believe it's in Dominican Sue because we talked about him earlier. Okay. So I agree with Killer. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. And like I said, I had an idea of who I thought it was, but because I, I was I was going to say, I was going to say uh, my first thought was Demarcus Ware, but I know Demarcus Ware had way more sacks, and those stats don't fit an edge rusher. And so I also think it's in Dominican Sue, and I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Both of you all are right. It is in Dominican Sue, and y'all better not have put him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-mm. No. Too, too. Like, he had his moments. Like, he had a run of, like, top three dominance, but not enough for me. Like, he, he See, wasn't... I know. And Dominican Sue was never dominant to me. He was really good. He was he was a top three pos- a player at defensive tackle in like 2012. There was, there was some periods of time where I would took the guy beside him over him um, in certain yeah. instances. Like there was a, Sue, a period of time where I would took Chris Fairley over him. Now, and Dominican Sue oh, yeah. was dominant at Nebraska. Oof, mm-hmm. That was a monster there, boy. Yeah, but like in the league, he he wasn't he wasn't that guy. No. I heard they try to get that man a Heisman. I was like, man, sit down somewhere. No, 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 no. He deserved that damn nomination. He, yeah, deserved he definitely that deserved damn the nomination. Who won it that year? Was it Sam Bradford? I don't know, but he should have. He should have won I think that so. Heisman that year. I think it was Sam Bradford. Yeah, Sue. Yeah, Sue was a monster. Though. So I, yeah, I was. I was not upset that he, that he. I think he came in second place. Did he get second place voter or something yes, like that? Yes, he did. Okay, he did. Yeah, yeah. That that man. He was Nebraska boy. Him. That dude. The the two probably two it's probably two of the best college uh football players, defensive football players that I've ever seen. Um most recently are probably Indomitian Sue and Manti Teo. Yeah, Manti Teo was eating that year, boy. Man, yeah. Manti Teo and that invisible girl was <laughs> I knew, on I that damn field. That man was motivated by invisible. I can't even say the word I want to say right now, but I'm telling you, yeah, it starts man, with the letter P. I, and I and I I feel bad for Man Tateo because he got duped. Like he like he thought she like he really thought like she was real. Like like have y'all seen the Netflix special on him? Yeah, bro. I haven't seen it. Yeah, dog. Cor- Cor- you need to see it. Like yo, I really feel bad for him. Like his the, him flaming out of the NFL was not his fault. He was still dealing with that while in the league, and people was like the teammates he and stuff was giving him a hard way to like, go. He's still dealing with it right now. Mm-hmm. Teammates like, just give him a hard way to go. Boy. A, part, a part of the thing, a part of the th- a part of the the Manti Teo, uh, a part of that dynamic is the fact that like us, the public, we could never let the invisible girl story go. We never let it go. Yeah. And so and so it fucked them up. But like Corey, go go on Netflix. Um, type in the word type in the word untold. It's the Untold series. You'll see Manti Teo. Watch that whole joint, yo. Like, yo, it like when you see it, you'll be like, yo, that's fucked up. Like, yo. and then when you realize, when you realize that you was a part of the clowning when the story came out, you're gonna be like, damn, I feel bad now. 
because like when it's happening in the moment, you don't be thinking about, you know, you don't be thinking about no shit. You just, you just be thinking about like how this story funny as hell. This dude, a football player, he ain't that good at football. Laugh my ass off. But when you see like the personal story, you'd be like, shit, yo. Like, yeah. That, that yeah look 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 at look at uh, the untold uh, it's called untold and and it's called untold and i think it, i think it might this the, it might it just might be one of the first un- ones too yeah it might be one of the first ones that you see there's the malice in the palace and there's manti teo and they got some other ones but those are like the top two. Oh boy i remember where i was when the malice in the palace happened i was at my homeboy lewis house jeez that was crazy. I used, to, I used to go over there and watch like Pittsburgh Steelers games and stuff with them. And I was at his crib, was getting ready to go hoop. And his dad was like, Did y'all see the game? Y'all watched the game last night? It was like, Nah. It was like, Yeah, apparently a big fight broke out. That's, so, all, he, that's all he said. And then we sat down and watched ESPN News, rest in peace, um, all day that day. So, just, just want to give y'all some updates. What's today's date? Twenty third. Twenty second. Oh, twenty second. Yeah, twenty second. Um, yo, Thanksgiving on Thursday. Hell yeah. So, you know, everybody eat good stuff like that. Um, yo, I'm gonna give off the stick. We gonna give off the sticks a break, man. Okay. So when when, when we coming back? We're gonna do we're gonna do a little we're gonna do a little Thanksgiving holiday vacation. So it's the twenty second right now. Um our next show will be Friday, December second. Okay. So we got over a week to recoup. Enjoy holiday time with the family on Thursday, Black Friday. Go get y'all shopping, early Christmas gifts, whatever. Saturday and Sunday, chill out. You know what I'm saying? Monday, get back in the swing of things. We'll work after the holiday and everything is over. And then, you know, at the end of the week, after we are settled back in with our regular work schedule, you know what I'm saying? We'll record Friday night, December 2nd. I feel like I feel like we've been working hard, so we deserve a break. You know what? I can rock with that, especially since me and Corey, like we said, we both are starting new gigs. Yeah, man. Corey, how, yeah. you, you cool with that? You, how you feel about it? Yeah, I'm good, man. Like, hopefully, I'll also I should be able to. I plan on finishing the Harry Potter series by this weekend. Yes, sir. I um. So I've I've seen the first five. How did you like Goblet of Fire? So. Goblet of Fire so far is my favorite, but I will say the Sorcerer's Stone is a close second for me. It's something about the Sorcerer's Stone that feels very warm and fuzzy and inviting. Like I, I really, I really like because <laughs> I told you, like it reminds me. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta feel like the way it's shot. It's gotta feel of Home Alone, man. It really does. But like, so I, I really like the Sorcerer's Stone. Two I'm and cold. three. So like he wanted to give himself a hug after he said that. I was like, yo, like, I was like, it's so, it's so warm and fuzzy. It is, man. Like, I like it. <laughs> you know, um, 
like I said, three definitely gets darker. Like the series takes a dark turn at three. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like the Goblet of Fire. Um, five. Um, that was at the Order of the Phoenix. Order mm-hmm. of the Phoenix. Okay, I don't know why, but it, five is like it was hard for me to really get into five. Five is boring. Yeah, I, I couldn't. It, I, I I was not as captivated with in five like I was the previous four. So so is five where you stopped at? Yeah, yeah, that's why I stopped. I haven't, I haven't started six yet. All right, so let me give you the rundown. Let me give you the rundown. So, number one introduces you to who Harry Potter is, the legend of his name, and why his name is so popular, him getting acclimated into the wizarding world because he'd been raised by a bunch of muggles his whole life, right? Boom. That's one. Number two um, is more. Is, is more like, okay, he knows how the Wizarding World works. He knows why everybody knows his name, why he's so popular. Now he now uh, he understands that there is an entity, there's an evil entity that is gunning for him to prove that to prove his uh, legend about himself wrong. So he knows that somebody is is come is coming for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Number yeah. three, number three is is it, it more so introduces you to the supporting cast of the two teams. So the two teams, there's Team Harry, there's Team Voldemort. Uh, Prisoner Azkaban it introduces you to um, Bellatrix Lestrange, who is um, who's you know Voldemort, who's with Voldemort and shit. Um, Bellatrix so, is so grungy and sexy at the same time. Um, you better be careful. I, uh, she used to, uh, she used to be married to, uh, what's her name? Tim Burton. Um, Give a fuck. All right, you see, you see them, <laughs> them scary movies he be directing. Don't um, give a fuck. But, um, but not. So you get introduced to Bellatrix <laughs> the Strange. You get, you get introduced to uh, Sirius Black. You know what I'm saying? You. Uh, That's the homies. You, you, you. Three is also when you figure out that Snape actually does care for harry potter yeah was oh was that three or was that okay so so now it's it's getting jumbled up so like the scene where harry he's 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 doing the um what's it quidditch that's the name of the game right Uh yeah Yeah. and so it's about in the first one okay is that that's that's the first one where like they see i think it's uh what's her name hermione hermione like she she can see snape kind of like with like speaking like a like a um like a a, counter curse yeah, yeah, right. You see, but at the time, like when I'm when I'm watching, so I'm thinking Snape is like trying to curse, like because his hair he's right. falling off his thing. But then you find out later that he's a counter countering. Uh, who, who's the dude who's countering? I forgot. Um, uh, uh, he's countering. He's professor. The, the, the professor. Yeah, yeah. The dude, yeah. The dude who had the damn Voldemort in the back of his head. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so like, so I was like, oh, so Snape is actually he's actually a, a good guy. Good, whatever. No, uh, no, 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 no. Snape is not a good guy. Um, Snape is one of those people. You ever had a teacher that you can't fucking stand? Like you hate, you hate going to their goddamn classroom. You hate them as a person, but you know, <laughs> but you know that no matter how much you hate this person, they going they gonna always make sure that. You that they gonna always make sure that at the end of the day, they got your best interest at heart. Yeah, that's Snape. You, 
Harry hate that Harry hate that motherfucker and Snape hate his motherfucking and Snape hate Harry motherfucking ass too. But it's like it's like man, at the end of the motherfucking day, even though I hate even though I hate this little ass boy, I'm gonna make sure that he's straight at this damn school. Outside of this school, that's fair game. But as long as he in this damn school, I'm gonna make sure he I right. that that that's Snape. But see in three. In, in Prisoner of Azkaban, when um, Harry got the wand pulled out, because um, Sirius Black escaped from jail, he still got the jail clothes on. He he w- went from a dog to a human. They're in they're in the old shack inside yep. a wampum mm-hmm. willow tree. They're in the old shack, and there's Lupin and Sirius Black, and and they trying to tell Harry uh, the story about um about the uh, um um Peter Pettigrew. Who's rat. Yeah, Ron's rat. Yeah. Harry ain't convinced. He trying to take out Sirius Black because he done heard these stories of Sirius Black trying to kill him. Snape also believes that Sirius Black is trying to kill Harry Potter. Snape comes in and steps directly in front of Harry Potter. In that moment is when you realize Snape actually care about the boy. Like he's actually willing to put his life on the line for Harry. Damn, like, I never looked that deeply into that scene. He 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 never he before before that before that scene, you never saw Snape willing to put his life on the line for Harry. It was that it was that one moment, and then it was like, oh shit, Snape an asshole, but he actually care about this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Damn. Um, and so and so that's so like prisoner and so prisoner Azkaban it introduces you to like. Um, the tug and pull relationship that Harry and Snape got, the supporting cast of of the Order of the Phoenix. The Order of the Phoenix is uh, is the army that the, the army that essentially is uh, is uh, completing Dumbledore's will. So you learn Lupin that is when you, you get introduced to Lupin's, you get introduced to Sirius. You find out you find out that Snape actually cares about Harry. Um, you find out that that Voldemort got it got Voldemort got his cronies escaping from jail. You also find out you also find out that a part of all of this dark magic stuff is these things called dementors that can suck out the that can suck out souls yeah. and all this like you get introduced to all of that in three. And then in four, in four, you know, is is the whole they have the whole tri wizard tournament, you know, whatever. But in four is when you see Voldemort come to life, and it is the first time you see Voldemort actually be able to touch Harry because before Voldemort was never able to touch him because there was a um there was a spell that was cast on Harry from his mother before she died that and Voldemort could not touch him. But when Voldemort got um, when Voldemort pretty much resurrected and one of the components to his resurrection was Harry's blood, that meant now Voldemort can touch him. And so and so that's a big deal. Like this is the first time you see like Voldemort in like human form, kind of. Um, Order of the Phoenix. It it's, is the setup for. At Order of the Phoenix Half Blood Prince is a setup for the Half Blood Prince. Or, or because Order of the Phoenix, Order of the Phoenix introduces you to the whole army 
who is supporting Dumbledore, the whole army. So Voldemort got got his army. Dumbledore, not Harry, but Dumbledore got his army. And the reason and the reason why that's important is because it's it's number five when you realize that it's Dumbledore. Like everybody think Harry is like the most powerful wizard or whatever. No. Dumbledore is. Dumbledore. Dumbledore is the kryptonite to um Dumbledore is the kryptonite to Voldemort. So it's it's really Dumbledore who versus Voldemort. And so Order of the Phoenix introduces you to the two different sides, all the characters on Voldemort's side, all the characters on Dumbledore's side. And then Half-Blood Prince you you'll you'll see you'll see when you finish it. Yeah, Have, Mike, Mike, you know what I want to say about Dumbledore too, as far as him being the strongest wizard, because his best accolade we can't even talk about yet because Corey yeah. hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, so you'll learn so he'll learn about all of Dumbledore's secrets and stuff in seven part one. But for for six, for uh um Half Blood Prince, just know Corey. The story turns the fuck up in Half Blood Prince. Half Blood Prince is my second favorite movie. Hmm. Uh, Goblet of Fire is my is my favorite. Half Blood Prince is my second favorite. Shit turns up in in movie number six. Looking forward to watching it. Look, hey, hey. Matter of fact, man, I might turn on number six while I'm on my way to sleep. Hey, look, I'm trying to tell you, hey, number six ain't no game. Yeah, I'm going to try to finish them all by this weekend. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, man, you know, you got time, man. We'll be back this, We'll be back December 2nd. Now, the three of us, I'm sure we'll talk before then, but it won't be on the oh, air yeah. or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, holiday time is good. Family time is good. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, figure, figure, give everybody a break, man. Anyway, that sounds good. So y'all got any final words or whatever? Um, final words. Since it's the week to be thankful, I'm thankful for y'all, man. I'm man. This has been one topsy turvy year, I can tell you, but. uh I'm thankful for y'all. I'm thankful for everybody, man. Everybody that's, you know, been with me. I'm just thankful to be alive, man. Just and to have another go at it. Facts. You know, everybody, you know, take care of yourself. You know, if you gotta you know, do what you gotta do, if you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. You know, whatever you gotta do, man. And like like Mike always say, the 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 way you're feeling right now, it's only temporary. Things get better, things will start looking up. Just gotta never take yourself out of the game, man. Stay strong, you know, and, and just, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes, man. It's okay to be vulnerable. Um, and just not because I know in the holiday season, people can kind of get whatever. So, uh, you know, just take care of yourselves. Reach out. Know that you're loved. You're appreciated. You know, just, just you know, do the do the best you can do. That's it. Just do the best you can do. Yeah, um... I got two last words. I hope y'all don't mind real quick. Um, first of all, I I am sure that y'all too have heard about the 
um, WSSU alumni um, or mm -hmm. alumnus alumnus who um, traveled to Mexico um, to, I guess, meet up with her best friend or a close friend of hers. Um, and she was essentially set up um, by that man. And I think it was a couple of other women and she was essentially uh, beat to death. Um, I'm sure y'all heard about that story, right? Oh yeah, I've been following that real closely. Corey, did you hear about it? Yep. Uh, yeah, um, uh, um, that is a rather, um, it's not a lot of times where I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's not like I got a big mouth. I probably got the biggest mouth out of three of us. It's not a lot of times. It's not a lot of times where I I am like speechless. But um, when I learned that this happened, um, first of all, you know, obviously sad. You know, rest in peace to the young lady and prayers for her family and everything like that. Um, um like this, this, this is. Like, yo, we went to Winston-Salem State. We was there for four and a half, five years. Like, mm -hmm. we, we, like, she was like, she was like, she one was, us. she was one, yeah, she was one of us. Like, that, that shit is crazy. That shit is fucking crazy. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so hope for justice for her, um, for the man who set her up to get beat up by those two women. What I want them to do, what I want, what, what I would like in my perfect world, what I would like is for him to get found. I would like for him to be brought back to Winston. And I would like for him to not be dropped on campus, but be dropped in the city of Winston. Y'all know how Winston get down. Yes, sir. Y'all know how y'all know how the city of Winston get down. Y'all know how Trayfo get down. Um, mm -hmm. in my perfect world, just drop him in the middle of Winston Salem, put a GoPro on him, and just let street justice a hey, street justice is a motherfucker y'all get what i'm saying yes sir that's what i would do this is why i'm not in law enforcement um as far as the two women are concerned all of them look all of them just need all of them just need to spend life in jail for that um yeah because they came back and lied to that girl mama bro mm -hmm. what they came back and lied to the mama Oh, I thought, said, asked, I thought you said murdered the mama. I was like, what? Nah, nah they lied to the mama. Yeah, they lied, they they lied to the mama. They lied to alcohol poisoning. Nah, y'all beat that girl ass, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, I, and I shared a post about that on Facebook um, talking about, yo, if my girl go on a trip with her friends and they come back and she don't, these niggas is meeting Jesus, though. 
Yeah. Um, I would go ahead and I would just start. I would give my sister law the key to my house and be like, you can take Josiah with you. Yeah. Um. Second, so 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 I just want to I just want to send condolences to her family. Rest in peace to the young lady. Um. You know, and state that you know, no matter how far away I am, no matter how far away the three of us are, whether we're close to campus or not, we always got our alma mater on our mind. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I just wanted to say some words on that. Um, the second second thing, and I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to uh, <laughs> um. I guess the word compose, I guess that that's an appropriate word, but I'll try to compose myself as far as uh, as far as these last words. But like Corey said, it's, th- it's Thanksgiving coming up a couple days. Um, I am, you know, very thankful for the two of y'all. Um, the two of y'all, along with a lot of a lot of other people um in my supporting cast is kind of too many to name um but they but but those people know who they are y'all too y'all know uh what i have what i personally have been going through um you know outside of this podcast or whatever um y'all y'all know what i've been going through and in the uh the struggle that you know I always that I face head on um and all of that stuff and uh you know it's um it it I, I'm extremely appreciative that you know y'all call me and check on me when I wasn't able to um record on Friday. Y'all called me and checked on me. Uh Corey, you hit me up, I think it was on the day after on Saturday. Uh, you know, you checked on me and, and you know, um, I appreciate that. Um, the things that we talk about before we start this recording. Um, I appreciate that. I'm thankful for that. Um, you know, my family and, you know, my 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 friends and, you know, one of my best friends, Elle, and, and, and you know, my man, my man, Duce, who was on the show. Um, you know, my homegirl, Shanice, you know, uh, you know, uh, my boy, L, my boy, L, uh, I think I mentioned him already, but, um, but his wife, my, is like my, that's my sis, uh, Ty, like, you know, those are just a couple of people. Um, those are just a couple of people that I, um, that have, you know, allowed me to have the space to vent that have checked on me without me asking them to, they just, know that I'm going through something and they just decide to call me to make sure I'm 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 all right to make to keep my spirits up asking me what the next steps are for the stuff that I'm doing and um and y'all do that too and it's a lot more it's a lot more people that do that um you know in the frat um on my line um in my chapter you know what I'm saying so um for all of the support that y'all give me during, you know, this time, whether it be deaths in the family or whether it be what I'm going through now, whatever, you know, uh, 
I appreciate y'all and I am I am thankful for y'all. So just know I'm going into uh, Thanksgiving, you know, feeling real, feeling real supported. And that that's a that's a real that's a real uh, that's a real important thing to feel, you know, especially during the holiday season. So thank y'all for that, man. Seriously, thank y'all for that. You know, just giving me the the space and the security to just, um, you know, let y'all know what's up with me and, and, you know, keeping up with me and stuff. Yeah, man. When we became like, we've known each other since your freshman year, but the year we became roommates that I was like, you know what? All the shit we put each other through these last two years, as far as like, no BB guns and all the other stuff. I was like, it's a cool ass motherfucker, bro. Like, I can see myself like being this being being this nigga friend for a long ass time. Hey, here's the crazy, here's the crazy thing about it. I'm definitely grateful for y'all because like, yo, it's a lot of niggas that don't fuck with me. I had the same bro, crazy. I had the same fuck, conversation at work today. Y'all fuck with me heavy. And it's a lot of motherfuckers that really don't fuck with me. Like for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe I did something to them. Maybe I hurt their feelings. Maybe they just don't fuck with me because some shit ain't or because a relationship ain't organic or something like that. But like, yo, it's real life people out here that really don't they really don't fuck with me. And y'all chose to fuck with me, like yo. So I, like, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all even more for that. Hell yeah, no doubt. That's it, man. You you my dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah, those those my last words. Those two. And I'm, I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna stop right there for myself before I get a little too emotional in here. I feel you, cause what I'm about to say is gonna make you laugh. EA Sports, you ain't shit. Oh, okay. thank you for thank you for bringing this up. I know where you're going. Uh oh, I don't know where he's going. EA Sports set to announce that NCAA football video game that they said we were going to get next year, which was going to be the main reason my black ass was going to buy a next-gen console, is now being pushed back a full fucking year. 2024? Mm-hmm. That means he ain't started working on it yet. Mike, when's the last time EA released the sport? Last time it's happened to EA? It was with Elite. Live. And live. live. They did this with Live, and Live turned out to suck. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, what's happening with this game has got me being so glad that I still got my 360 and NCAA 14. Now, here's the part that's going to suck. They're killing the servers next year. For 14? Mm-hmm. Which means yeah. no yeah. more updating rosters unless you can upload a file, but you can't download it unless you have, uh, what's that game mode, um, revamped. Jesus Christ. Because you can run revamp off his own server. EA doing the typical EA thing. Mm-hmm. So, my final words are just that. EA, you, EA Sports, you ain't shit. <laughs> I'm thankful for everything that you gave me up until this very point, but you ain't shit. Oh, I also like to say that somebody, um, somebody came up to me and uh, decided that they that they would tell me that they agreed with me on the show, um, and that Call of Duty Black Ops Two is the greatest Call of Duty ever made. I just want to put that out there. Mm. 
Nice. It's always great. It's always great when you get feedback from strangers who don't know you, but when you talk, they put they pair your voice to the show. That shit's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Like I'm, I'm saying, just wait until like our first con, probably BlurCon is coming here. Gotta get y'all both down for BlurCon, and we got to go to BlurCon. Yo, why don't why don't we run the pod live from BlurCon? That would be. The, I'll hit. Yeah, I'll hit. Fun. Um, Hilton up and see what we can do with that. Let's do who yeah, runs hey, it. Look. Look, look, we can we hey look, we can run it, we can run it from uh open hotel lobby, you know what I'm saying? A host hotel lobby, whatever. Yo, make make the calls, make the calls. If if we need to do something, let me know what it is. And yeah, we'll we'll swing it. All right, bet. I'll yep. um I'll hit them up over the holiday and see what we can get squeezed in. Yeah, yeah, man. And that's also be the chance for both of y'all to meet my lady too, because she's she's definitely coming. Facts. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to ask her, I'm going to ask her, you voluntarily married killer? <laughs> <laughs> like this was a voluntary thing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see pictures of my son. He's absolutely adorable. If I knew that I would get with somebody who can help me create a life that's that beautiful, I'd be with that person too. Killer, you won't believe what I'm doing right now. Playing 2K. But what am I doing on 2K? You're not playing my player. No, hell no. Are you in the draft class? I am adding Taribo Uwawa. Taribo do the draft class because the legend because we are we are at the point of the Eastern Conference semifinals so the draft will be happening very soon nice question who the fuck do I play for thunder oh you created killer <laughs> or yeah. did, man. You probably made me ball with the knee pad oh, oh you got the knee pad I was like, oh you got the knee pad the knee pads and the cowlick <laughs> No, nah, I don't got a cowlick no more. <laughs> I'm I'm 100% bald now. 100% bald. Uh, uh, don't do that right there, bro. Come on. The cowlick. I now have a oh. bald head. Shiny bald head. Man. But yeah, man, this right here has been a joy, man. I'm going to enjoy the break. Y'all enjoy the break. Enjoy your families. Um, give everybody my best to our listeners. Same deal. Give everybody our best. You know, that's from our families to y'all. You know, y'all part of this journey along with us. So we appreciate y'all listening. We will be back within a week. For those of y'all who watch um a certain YouTuber, you will understand where I got that from. But we'll be back within a week, y'all. But we out you. We out. Peace. See ya. Thank you.